millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. (laughs) An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Livestream. You know, it's funny, in the introduction there, I just kind of started giggling to myself because we're going to be discussing matters both legal and medical tonight. (laughs) So who knows? We actually have some legal professionals on the show who are involved in some landmark legislation against some medical entities. My guests tonight are Michael Hamilton and Dan Watkins, and they have a case related to deaths of COVID patients from remdesivir. Uh, I think that at this point, pretty much all of you know somebody who has been touched in some way by the scamdemic, the plandemic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And uh, some of the most heinous things that I can imagine happened in medical institutions over the course of the last several years. Thank you very much for being here tonight. Do me a favor. Don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Help us by putting it out there on your favorite social media platforms. And if you're over there on Odyssey, do me a favor and uh, let me know that it's working. There we go. Okay, I can see it now. If you're on Foxhole, drop a red pill. Always love the gold pills as well. Make sure you hit that plus sign if you're watching over on Rumble. And sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, because we're going to be right back after this. All right. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being here. And please join me in welcoming my guests for this evening, Mike and Dan. Dan, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Zach. Thanks for having us. Can't wait to discuss this this subject. Absolutely. I'm very excited about it. Michael, how about yourself, sir? It's so good to see you again. Good to see you. I'm doing well, and I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. Thank you so much for having us, Zach. Absolutely. Well, when I learned about what you guys were, first of all, full disclosure, Michael's been a guest on the show before. Uh, we met at uh, Bards Fest in what was that, August of 2021, perhaps it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And 
And, uh, and and so we did a, a show at that time, and we talked about the work that he was doing with uh, Tom Renz and America's Frontline Doctors and uh, the incredible people that he had been representing in all of this COVID madness. And so Michael and I have kept in touch, and, and when he told me what uh, what you and, and, and Dan have put together here, uh, I thought it was pretty important, and the audience needed to know about it. Um, because as I was saying in the introduction, many of us know somebody who has been a victim of medical malpractice or medical malfeasance or medical ignorance, however you want to phrase it. Uh, I think that it's open to interpretation right now. Certainly, there are people out there who are evil that are acting in bad faith. Uh, but I think there's also a lot of people out there who are just stupid uh, that perhaps don't deserve to have a medical license, uh, don't deserve to be practicing medicine because they're not using critical thinking. You know, they're they're not using that free will God gave them to make decisions based upon facts and uh, and sound medicine. It's really just people following what they're told. Um, so, listen, uh, before we get into the specifics of the case, I want to get a little uh, background on both of you. Uh, Dan, uh, please tell the audience. And, uh, where are you from? And uh, generally speaking, what kind, what kind of law do you practice? Yeah, thanks. I'm uh, my main office is in Orange County, California. We litigate across California. I've been practicing here for about thirty years. This is my thirtieth year now. And then we have offices in Nevada as well. We've been there for about fifteen years. Up until about a year ago, my practice was medical malpractice defense work, uh, dental malpractice defense work, employment law, and then some insurance type litigation. About a year ago, though, uh, I ran into these issues of the, the, the shot through my el- uh, youngest son, who was a senior at one of the schools here in California, where they issued a mandate for all of them. And uh, I jumped in to help uh, get him a religious exemption. And the next thing I know, I'm working with people from all over the state and different hospitals and cities and counties and school districts. And it's just been an amazing run. God has put me into the place of working with some amazing folks fighting these mandates. And uh, it's been nonstop, hair-on-fire kind of work. And then I ran into Michael, an amazing, amazing lawyer and Christian and uh, an incredible brother. And we heard about those lawsuits in Fresno, potential lawsuits in Fresno. People were looking for help. And it's amazing how God brought us together. And, and in just a very short period of time, we knew we had to be involved in fighting against this, no matter what the opposition had in their pockets, you know, in terms of immunities, so on, we had to get after it. This is one of those fights that if you're a a person of character, I feel like you can't turn down the opportunity because right now all across America, we have good men and women who are just choosing not to do anything. They're sitting back and they're kind of letting it play out, seeing who is going to have the bravery to get involved and, and actually come up with something like this. And so I, I applaud both of you. Uh, Michael, hopefully the audience rem- remembers you from when you were on at uh, at Bard's Fest. Uh, but give everybody a, a quick rundown on uh, yourself and your history. Thank you, Zach. And you're so you're so right. I mean, we're all kind of familiar with that phrase that uh, that says that evil for evil to prosper. All that is required is for good men to do nothing. Mm hmm. I was a philosophy major in college. I got out of college and discovered that there are no philosophers wanted signs anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ended up standing drywall. I sanded 1,300 houses mm. in central Kentucky. And then I decided I breathed enough buckets of drywall mud. And um, and, and so I, I ended up, I, I wanted to help people. And so I went to seminary. But partway through that that voyage, I felt like God was telling me, I want you to help people, but I want you to go to 
law school. I didn't know any law school. I come from a family of preachers, which explains why I went to seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, I went to law school, and when I got out, I did a general practice that was primarily focused on corporate stuff. Um, I represented banks and corporations, and I did that for almost twenty years. And then the mask mandates and, and things hit. COVID hit, and based on and, and my philosophy major had an emphasis in Marxist studies. Mm-hmm. And right away, I realized that this is all about control. This is not about health. Something's going on here. And so I withdrew from my private practice and I began to uh, fight medical tyranny. I got together with Tom Renz. I sued my governor and my health department and I said, we cannot have a never ending emergency. Then we ended up suing Fauci and the CDC and the World Health Organization and others on behalf of America's frontline doctors and others from all around the country, doctors who had lost their licenses. And we were trying to stop the vaccine rollouts to children. And then through an amazing series of what I would describe as guide connections, because there's no other explanation for them, I ended up connecting with Dan, an amazing man of God and a warrior. And um, we, we, we met this group in Fresno, and, uh, and so we've sued hospitals on their behalf regarding remdesivir murder. Mm-hmm. And that's, so I would say right now that if anybody asks me what I do, I'm a lawyer. If they want to know what I do as a lawyer, I fight medical tyranny as God directs. Awesome. I, I, I love to hear it. There are, are not enough people that are choosing to go down that path. Now, uh, B1 Car in the Rumble chat says, I've been waiting all day for this because my dad was murdered by Remdesivir on mm. December 17th, 2021. So almost a year ago. My, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, and uh, obviously my heart goes out to you. It, it, but unfortunately, this is not like an isolated incident. Uh, do, oh, do you no. guys have, have any idea... Uh, how many remdesivir deaths just across America we have, or if you have a, a global figure? Yeah, we've tried to put that number together. It's really, really difficult because, um, you know, they're not out keeping tally, and it's really hard to find any idea from the hospitals um, how many patients die as a result of the protocol. But I can tell you this, that Michael and I got together just in August, September on this issue, uh, we learned about 14 families. Uh, we filed the lawsuit, and within a matter of months until the present, we've received over a 1,000 contacts from every state in the United States and I think five separate countries around the world. Mm. And all of them have exactly the same story. And so if you take that 1,000 from two small-time attorneys working in small offices in separate states – and do a little math, it easily gets to a million without working very hard. That would be my rough estimate. Wow. wow. Yeah, and to that, Zach, I would add that I've I've looked at, like, like Dan said, we've looked at a lot of states. I mean, we've heard from every state. And it's extremely rare in any state that we've looked at to find a hospital who's not employing this protocol. Mm-hmm. And people are coming in, they're not even, some of them are not even sick. They get dizzy and they go to the ER and they're told they have COVID pneumonia, which is nonsense. And we can talk about the protocol in a minute. But, you know, for whatever reason, they're just stuck, they're isolated and they're given remdesivir and they're subjected to this torturous protocol where the average time to death is nine days. And it's identical. The word tracks, what they're doing, the drugs they're using, they're... They're virtually identical across the board, and they're being employed 
and they're being monetized by the government and it's happening everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, as, I mean, I, as, I'm, as I'm sitting here, Zach, I was reminded that uh, Peter McCulloch had, uh, was at the press conference and he's looking at this and given the survival rate of people that get COVID being so incredibly high, he's, attri- he's attri- attributing about 80 to 90% of the COVID deaths to remdesivir because it's, it's really happening when you get into the hospital where the COVID takes its turn and people right. are you know, losing their lives. So if we're going to go with an expert who's been looking at this in incredible detail, uh, I would I would put a lot of credibility into his estimate. That's a big number. McCullough would be the guy. I I, I would absolutely trust that. Uh, so so let's let's talk about this lawsuit. Uh, ironically, you guys uh, announced your intention to file it on my birthday, August 30th, uh, earlier this year. Uh, and this is taking place in uh, California, uh, it looks like. Now, what is the structure of this lawsuit? Is this uh, Does this count as a class action? Is there the opportunity for all of those other people that have contacted you to become part of this lawsuit? It's not, it's not uh, set up as a class action. There's actually three lawsuits that were filed against three different hospitals. Okay. The difficulty in this particular case is you have individual hospitals acting independently mm-hmm. and then pushing the protocol through its different doctors, physicians, and so on. What we've tried to do and what we're continuing to try to do with as people come into us is uh, group them by hospital. And where we can file a lawsuit on behalf of multiple families, it's certainly more efficient to do that. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to do that. But uh, it is not set up as a class action. We just have multiple plaintiffs. The facts are the same in terms of the liability claims and the causation claims. Their damages might be a little bit different, and that individualizes the claim to the, to the particular families, you know, based on their loss and, and who was lost. It could be a young wage earner versus someone who's more elderly and, and not a wage earner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gives some individualized uh, a remedy to the plaintiffs in that respect as well. All right. So three different lawsuits. Tell me uh, who is actually being sued in each of these. We've we've filed the lawsuits against the hospitals. And then we were in the process of learning who the physicians were that issued the orders for remdesivir. And as we learn that information, we'll be bringing those those physicians in to the case as defendants as well. In one of the cases, we already know some of those people. And so we've named them individually. Ultimately, we'll have the hospitals in uh, in our sites and then the doctors who were the ones who issued uh, the prescription for remdesivir. And in some of the cases, issued a prescription despite the objections and in, in the uh, express statements by the patients that they didn't want it. Mm-hmm. So we definitely are looking for those folks to be defendants as well. So let me ask you this. I've heard a number of uh, families that have been subjected to these uh, these protocols uh, mention that they've had difficulty tracking down the information so that they can attempt to hold people accountable. Has it, has it, have there been roadblocks that have been set up for you guys? I mean, have they uh, attempted to make it difficult for you to find a a paper trail on this stuff? They have for sure. Zach, you know, a lot of our clients don't have their medical records. Some of them only have a fraction of their medical records because they're being stonewalled and they're just given little bits and pieces. Um, It's through the course of litigation that we're going to have to dig out some of those medical records. I mean, a few have been able to get them and uh, we're looking for ways to help them with checklists regarding what to ask for. But even with those checklists, they're just not, yeah, they're being roadblocked. They're being stonewalled by the hospitals. They do not want to give up those medical records. They will have to in the the litigation. Discovery. Um, That's definitely, yeah. Well, yeah. And, but it's not unusual from our 
experience to see that people are having real difficulty getting their medical records all across the country. So let me ask you this. Uh, is is this the opening salvo? Do you think that there are additional lawsuits that could come? Like, let's say we hold the hospitals and the doctors accountable. What about the CDC? What what, what about uh, the World Health Organization who created this protocol? What about uh, what is isn't it Gilead that that actually produces remdesivir? Are those entities liable as well? I think they I think there's liability to be found there. And I think that I, I know of um, one group in New York that are that are going against the manufacturer in a class action lawsuit. Um, I, I will tell you that Dan and I have, I mean, so many people have reached out to us and we are preparing to file lawsuits in Nevada, Arizona, mm-hmm. Michigan, Kentucky, and Texas. Those are going to happen very quickly. We're also filing additional lawsuits in California. We're going to take on that monstrous organization known as Kaiser Permanente. Oh yeah. Um, and we've, and Dan has, uh, filed suit against them and we filed a lawsuit on behalf of people who were fired carte blanche regarding medical exemptions. Um, so we're going to be doing all that we can. We're also talking, um, asking for attorneys around the country who are willing to step up to connect with us, let us, help them. We're happy to share what we know and maybe learn from them. But we, but we have a a very large database now of people who are desperately looking for attorneys and having a tough time finding them. Yeah. You know, on that note, I, I think the primary objective for Michael and I right now is to, is to bring people, make people aware of the problems associated with remdesivir. You know, uh, these platforms such as yours, thank you for this opportunity because this is really what the wish of the families uh, is in in um, Fresno. You know, when we met these people, they're just, God, some of the best Americans that exist. These people are amazing, God-fearing, just loving people and taken advantage of by the system. They had trust and confidence in the system, just like we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. They got there, they're completely abused and violated in terms of their rights. And and it's insane. I, like I said, I've been doing this work, medical malpractice defense work for 30 years. I've familiar with the medical establishment, um, defended all sorts of claims on standard of care. And I am in shock at what I'm seeing happening in the medical community in terms of the disregard, the intentional disregard of the rights of the patient uh, by physicians across the board. And it's not just a select few. It is unbelievable, the number. So what we're hoping to do primarily with these, and by being in Texas, Michigan, we have, we've been coming in contact with some amazing people. There are going to be amazing clients who can help us get the word out uh, and uh, get this ball rolling, make people aware, pray to God that we can find a way to make it stick. So there's some money that really hurts these places where they're doing this. And then after we get that going, back it up, pull our resources, circle some wagons and see if we can't get after the big voice. But that's down the road. We got a lot to learn about what's happening. We've got a lot of investigation we still have to do in terms of discovery and finding out the protocol. What does exactly say? Who pushed it out? I mean, those are some of the things we're going to be digging for in these lawsuits to lay the the, the, the foundation for something bigger later. Okay. Zach, if I may. Yeah. If I may just briefly, I want to emphasize something that Dan just said. We don't have a single client or a single potential client who has said, how much can I make? Yeah. Never have we heard that. 
Yeah. I will never forget the dinner we had. We had a lunch in Fresno with all of our clients. Each one stood up and told their story. We sat there with tears streaming down our faces for the entire time. It was horrible. But our clients are saying, they're not saying, how, how much money can we make? They're saying, how can we save lives? Dan and I, as lawyers, we know that if we can hurt a hospital financially, we can put the pause on other hospitals. Yeah. And we can help these families. They're struggling. They're paycheck to paycheck kind of people. But not a single one of our people has said, what can we make? They have just said, how can we save lives? How can we make our loved one's death mean something? And, and, and how can we help others? That's, that is every single person we've talked to. Well, that's that's incredible to hear. And, and uh, you know, honestly, I would expect nothing less from the community of people that you guys would certainly be uh, in interacting with. You know, I, I, we live in a, a, a mixed up mirror world in the fact that the people who are supposed to be protecting us, that are supposed to be having our health and our best interests at heart, uh, are instead making decisions based upon financial reasons, you know, what they can benefit from it. And the people who end up actually carrying that burden are, are the, the family members, the people that are left behind. You know, I mean, uh, every single one of those people, uh, I would imagine they've got they, they, they have they feel like it has to mean something at the end of the day. Their their loved one can't have died for nothing. And if if they can just save one additional life, if they can just help one person not have to go through the horror of uh, of, of this protocol and, and what it does to people. Um, let me ask you this. Do, have you guys come across any people who were forced into this that have have perhaps survived and maybe they're they're uh, having some ongoing issues as a result? Oh, for sure. I'll tell you a story real quick of an individual who is going to be helping us in one of these states. He's an attorney. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he was in uh, the hospital for five and a half weeks, two point some million dollars in medical expenses associated with his care. He was in a coma for a good portion of those five weeks. Long and short of his story is he was at the very end of his existence in his mind. Mentally, he was done. In this coma, he has a memory of going through this process of recognizing he has no more mental capacity. Physically, he's done. Emotionally, he's done. And spiritually, he was ready to let go. And in his mind, he had said, I'm going home, God. Here I come. And he, before he could let go, he heard a voice in his ear say, uh, you're not done yet. You got some work to do. And he sent him back. This guy is an amazing, amazing Christian and a huge warrior. And so... The point of that story is there are people that are surviving and they are coming back and they're coming back with a vengeance to be heard and and to speak out against all of this. And if there's people out there that have been injured from remdesivir but survived, well, please go to our website. We have, if I can pitch that now, it's a good place. DeclareTruth.us. DeclareTruth.us. If you go there in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a Get Help tab. Hit that. And then there's a, a an intake form for get help with remdesivir cases or remdesivir issues. If you're the 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 uh, have a loved one that, that uh, passed away because of this, please go there. If you're injured, please go there. And also, please, if you're an attorney and you're listening and you're feeling any inkling, any leaning, any push, any voice from God saying get involved, please go there because we've got. Now a network of people across the country coming together to help support attorneys in this fight, and it's worth it. Um, but uh, coming back to your your question, there are a lot of people that have survived this, and uh, it's unfortunate they have 
all sorts of problems recovering because it, it, the remdesivir does it does a whole lot of bad to the insides of these people. No yeah. question. Let, let me add to what Dan just said. If if your listeners, Zach, if they go to declaretruth.us, they're going to see opportunities to participate financially in these cases. Mm-hmm. What I'd love for them to know right now is that none of that money goes to Dan and I for fees. The expenses, the expert expenses, the cost of going through medical records, our clients can't afford those. And we're asking people to help as they can. We've had people give just a $5, sure. $13 and say, you know, I, I'm on disability. I'll give you more next month. God bless you. This is on behalf of my brother, my father, my mother, my dad, who was killed in a hospital just this way. Mm-hmm. But so when you see that, uh, just know that that's not a request for Dan or I. That's to help our clients. We ask people to pray. And, and you're going to see opportunities to help on that website. And, and they're, they're vitally important to become a part of the army because it's going to take an army to fight this battle. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, yeah. over, over on Rumble, Texas Jules says uh, a friend's 24-year-old son needed a heart transplant. And they told him when his parents weren't around that he wouldn't get the transplant unless he got the jab. Sounds like coercion to me. Uh, I've heard a number of stories like that very recently. I think that there was a... Uh, uh, a, a case down in New Zealand where uh, a, a baby needed surgery and, and the parents didn't want him to be uh, uh, transfused with vaccinated blood. And I think they took the child away from him. Uh, there was also a case of like a five year old girl who needed a kidney transplant or something like that. They wouldn't uh, they wouldn't allow her to get it unless she was vaccinated. Um, you know, what about cases like this, you guys? I, I mean, this is, you know, it, it's it's astounding to me that as far removed as we are from COVID, that there are still these pockets of resistance where health professionals are trying to force people into getting a medical treatment that, you know, is arguably, you know, does it work or not? You know, I mean, I don't know. I tend to think not. Uh, but if, if you don't want to be treated with something, I, I, you shouldn't have to be. Well, let me speak to that very briefly. And I know Dan has some things to add, including a, a story that's really recent. It's not about the vaccine, but um, I, you know, these are emergency use authorization. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how they've been. They haven't been approved by the FDA. We're talking about the vaccines. We're talking about remdesivir. And as an emergency use authorization, there are some very specific rules that apply. Uh, full disclosure has to be made about the risks, the benefits, possible harms, and the alternative treatments and the risk benefits and possible harms of those alternative treatments. All of that has to be disclosed, and none of it's being disclosed. People are being coerced. There's no question about it. Beyond coercion, we have clients who said, don't give me that. And the hospital basically said, okay, and then they just gave it to them anyway. And the people weren't even aware that they had it. First day in, and they're saying, don't give it to me, and the hospital just gave it to them. They isolate them from their families. And so the the federal statutes regarding full disclosure – are being violated across the board. Let, let, let's it, actually, I want to dr- uh, drill in on that. I mean, uh, so so what laws are being violated? You know, how, how are the hospitals and the doctors, uh, you know, I, I guess just trampling all over these people's rights? I mean, obviously uh, what you just mentioned, but there's got to be a whole host of things. Well, I said full disclosure, and I meant to say informed consent. Dan, okay. take it from there. Yeah, we, yeah, there is... Uh, are, are a number of different ways to approach these lawsuits. We've looked at filing a lot of, you know, complaints that list every possible 
you know, violation that gets you into a lot of trouble because you end up litigating things that are on the fringe. And so what we've, and spending all your time there instead of on the things that really matter. So what we did is we tried to take a real focused and surgical approach looking at uh, things that we think we can establish in a way that gets us past the PrEP Act and some of the immunity that's associated with that horrible piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. The And so our complaint has four causes of action. The first is for fraudulent concealment or constructive fraud where they intentionally withheld information about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other efficacious forms of treatment. They intentionally withheld. So that's the fraudulent side. They intentionally withheld information about remdesivir and how toxic it is and its horrible track record in terms of treatment of patients for Ebola and so on. The second cause of action is for elder abuse for those individuals over 65. That that cause of action has some teeth. And one of the things we haven't really gone into the detail of the protocol yet, but one of the things that is is happening across the board is the deprivation of fluids and, and nutrition. Those two things are specifically listed in terms of elder abuse claims. So we've got that. Uh, among other things, for sure, the way they've treated them. Uh, we have a medical malpractice claim, which we are alleging in the form of a, what we call wrongful misconduct. So it's not just negligence. It's actually wrongful misconduct where there was a conscious disregard displayed for the rights of the patients. And then the, the, the last one is battery, where we have those in those cases where remdesivir was actually administered despite the express objection of the patient or their power of attorneys or whoever, guardian, whoever is in charge. Um, so that's the angle we're taking. We're trying, we are actually working with some other attorneys in California. I just got off the phone with one of them earlier tonight to make sure we're collaborating and coming up with the best language to get past the challenges we'll face with the PrEP Act uh, and to really get to the heart of the matter, which is the intentional conduct of the hospitals. That's where we think we can get in. We're in California. For those people who don't know, there are caps associated with your recovery. Uh, so we want to be able to get past those you know, in the statutory caps you can only make $250,000 for emotional distress, even though the, the taking of the life was horrific. Sure. So we want to get past that. And we think that some of these causes of action will help us do that. Um, so that's the angle, really working toward the intentional conduct side of things. And it, the stories that we're hearing to back this up, because the one thing I want for anyone who's learning about this for the first time, if you, when we get into the details of the protocol, my initial response was, this is just hyperbole. Uh, a lot of drama and exaggeration from people who lost a loved one. Read a couple of cases, met with a couple of people. That turned into 5, 10, 20, 200, 1,000, and it's all the same. It's shocking. It is shocking how the medical establishment is replacing its judgment for the judgment of the patients. And it really does uh, cut against everything you were referencing earlier that we have come to trust in the establishment that medical autonomy and decision-making process for the patient is just being ripped right out from under us without any regard. And I, there's a lot of factors probably playing into why a doctor would do something like this. I, I don't know that they're getting any money from all of this, like the hospitals are uh, a lot of fear. A lot of people are just failing to respond because they're afraid of losing their job. In California, the medical board has issued, and and now a law has been signed into existence by our incredibly horrible governor uh, that allows the medical board to investigate medical practitioners who give advice, which is disinformation associated with COVID, vaccines, remdesivir. That means any 
other form of treatment is what they're saying. If you provide informed consent, this is how lunatic it is now in California. If you provide informed consent information to your patient in the form of alternative types of treatment, you can lose your license. That's how upside down it is in California in particular. Uh, but in medical institutions across the country, we're seeing the same kind of thing. People are just, the doctors are afraid and they're in, they're not going to put their careers at risk and they let people die. That's the thing. That's the really sad thing about this, you know, because now that we have these hospital systems, you know, and people get locked into working in one place, you know, you're a successful doctor. You've got a mortgage. You've got maybe you've got a wife and a mistress and you've got a, a Porsche that you've got to be paying for every single month. If you lose that very lucrative job running that hospital or giving orders at that hospital, you know, what are you supposed to do? I mean, the, the, the same the same company owns all of the different healthcare facilities in your area. Uh, and so, you know, people are just making decisions based upon their own safety and security uh, and just following orders. You know, I mean, it's like, it, it, you know, we, we've made a lot of allusions to uh, World War Two era Germany. You know, people are, are just following orders. And it's so. Uh, disturbing to to watch it happen. You know, there there is a lack of of, of moral character in so many of these people because I mean yeah. there are enough doctors working at these places. If they started communicating with each other and maybe say, hey, has, has anybody read a study on remdesivir? You guys ever seen what this did to Ebola patients? Did anybody think to put together the 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 uh, uh, the, the causal events uh, in that uh, remdesivir protocol uh, and how they match up perfectly with the uh, the signs and symptoms of somebody who's supposedly dying from COVID? I mean, it, it's it's exactly the same thing. I want to talk specifically about that protocol, because you've made mention of it several times, and uh, we've mm-hmm. touched on it before, but uh, I, I would like to hear about it uh, tonight. And I'd also, if you would, like for you gentlemen to give me an example of that, uh, the the term that you used earlier was, uh, uh, was it willful misconduct or, or something along those lines? The, if can we Can we frame that within the context of an example that isn't COVID or remdesivir? Like, uh, something that if people heard it, they would say, OK, that's obviously willful misconduct uh, because there's this there's this leap that we have to get over in society. Like in the general population, people think, well, it's covid, so it's OK. So these people can do whatever they want and they can tell us what we must do because, you know, trust the science. Uh, do we have an example that we can uh, that we can frame that in? Let me start, uh, Zach, with the protocol. I, okay. I was itching to describe it because okay. I think your listeners really need to hear. The description I'm going to give is almost verbatim, right down to the word tracks happening in all 50 states at so many hospitals. So here's the scenario. You go to the hospital, and it could be for anything, dizziness, a sprained ankle, you know, Maybe you have a fever, but whatever you go in there for, they immediately tell you, you have COVID pneumonia. Now, I've yet to hear an expert explain what the hell COVID pneumonia is. I think it's, I think it's a BS reference that's just been made up. That's what I think. I'm not a doctor, but, but they tell them they have COVID pneumonia, and they, then they isolate them from their family. They immediately put them in a COVID ward on their way to the ICU. They put they put them in a COVID ward. Then they the almost the first thing they do is they put a BiPAP machine on their face and they crank the oxygen up. 
Now, normally a hospital should be looking to wean people off of oxygen, but instead they crank it up super high, and it's hard for people to breathe under those conditions. So many of the stories we've heard, thousands at this point, are people will try to take that off their face. A psychiatrist, so then they zip tie their hands to the bed rails. Mm-hmm. They strap their hands to the bed rails. They have had, and, and they struggle against the, the, the patient struggles against those restraints. A, a psychiatrist or a doctor comes in and says, Oh, you appear to be agitated. And they just, they prescribe morphine, fentanyl. There's some other drugs that I can't Benzos. remember. Dan probably can. Yeah. And so, and so, the, and that's, of course, suppresses their ability to breathe. By then, they've already started them on remdesivir almost every time. Remdesivir causes acute renal failure, which causes their hearts to have water build up around them and their lungs to fill up with water. They deny them all water, all nutrition, 100%. They don't get any water. They don't get any food. They don't get any IV nutrition, none. Can, do, do they do they like rationalize that? I mean, is there a, a reason for that? Here's what I've heard. I've heard it so many times. The doctor says, your lungs are filling up with fluid. If we give you any IV nutrition or water, we're going to overload your system and you're going to drown faster, which is, <laughs> I mean, our experts are telling us that's nonsense. Yeah. But it's being said to patients across the country. We can't put more fluid in your system because your lungs are filling up with water. Well, it's the remdesivir that the person doesn't want that's causing their the renal failure and causing that to happen. So, uh, so they don't give any fluid, they don't give any nutrition. They strap them down. Um, we've seen bed sores to the bone. We've seen bloodied wrists where they tried to fight against it. We've seen blackened hands where the circulation was cut off. Mm-hmm. But why treat a bed sore or allow someone to save their hands when you're expecting and planning for them to die? Yeah, exactly. So they they then they tell the patient. The patient says. No, I, I want to go home. They say, well, if you go home, your insurance isn't going to cover this and you're going to go bankrupt. Oh, wow. So they bully them with those things. And so a lot of times the patients stay in there. Then they, in, they put them in the ICU and then they say, we're going to have to intubate you because your oxygen needs are high. Why are they high? Because they put them on a BiPAP machine and ran it at high levels for so long that the person, when they do this, when people are normal, healthy, breathing oxygen room air, if you if your listeners hear a doctor say that your loved one has COVID pneumonia, be very afraid. Don't leave their side. Dan will talk a little bit about what you can do to protect them. But this is the basic protocol. So wh- when they when they put you on oxygen like that, like uh, like ambient in in the room, there's only so much oxygen that's in the air. So I would imagine I don't know how your body uh, is uh, is physiologically working to absorb it. I just know that it happens. But when they put people on additional oxygen like that, does that change physiologically the way that the body is is uh, is trying to absorb that air? Like, does that create a dependence on that artificial supply of oxygen? Here's what I think, and I, I can tell you that I'm not a doctor. My, my experts will have to speak to it. But they put them on the BiPAP machine, they crank it up, and then they use the high level that they've cranked up as an excuse to intubate. Okay. okay? It doesn't mean the person needs to be intubated. I don't know that they – in many cases, they probably don't have the physiological dependence on oxygen. Mm-hmm. I, but I'm guessing here. This I don't know. But I know for sure that they're, they're doing it in every case. They put the BiPAP machine, they crank it up. Now, the BiPAP machine at high levels makes it hard for a person to breathe on their own, so they're fighting it 
with their breathing. And then they say, look, you're on 100% oxygen. We have no choice but to intubate you. Mm-hmm. Now, how much oxygen did that person need? How could they have breathed on their own? <laughs> it's hard to say because they're put on the BiPAP machine and then they're intubated. And the hospitals aren't, for the most part, testing to see, once again, whether they can breathe or not. They're simply moving things up. And one of the reasons they're moving them up comes to the it comes to the monetization, but mm-hmm. let me hold off on that. Cause I want Dan to like speak to your second question and maybe fill in what I've missed. Okay. And then we can talk about the monetization that we've seen, especially as we know it in California. Okay. Uh, Dan, before we uh, get your thoughts on that, I need to just say thank you to vector. Uh, he said the tyranny down here and vector is in Australia <laughs> is, uh, is off the show. Zach, please don't forget your brothers and sisters down under ladies and gents. Definitely keep the people of Australia and New Zealand in your prayers. And then woke for years over on Rumble says a hospital would have gain would have to gain legal guardianship before imposing their own treatment against the patient or power of attorney. I mean, legally, technically they should, but that hasn't been the actual case in practice, has it? They're not doing it. And let me say a quick thank you to Vector. Was it from Australia? Yep. Yep. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in. We've had uh, donors from Australia and they're saying, uh, it's it's hell for us here, and we want to remember our brothers and sisters in the United States. Dan and I are not forgetting our brothers and sisters in Australia, and we thank you for your support. I definitely have a tough. You know, it is, it, and the, the viewer who uh, mentioned that we're, the hospital is supposed to have guardianship before it imposes its own judgment is exactly right, and they should always defer to the patient or the patient's guardian. It, and that goes back to the disbelief that uh, I encountered when, we were learning that these doctors and were through their staff were administering remdesivir despite express objections. We have several clients. Uh, it is unbelievable. And with respect to the wrongful misconduct, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways to go with this, but I think one that might be helpful if we remove the word, the idea of workers' compensation from this, uh, this uh, story, what comes to mind would be something along the lines of an employer in a warehouse who, who has a warehouse and conducts warehouse operations with machinery that needs to be maintained on a regular basis. The machinery puts heavy, you know, products in the air. It's uh, it needs to be have good brake systems. You know, everything needs to be the fluids need to be right, hydraulics need to be right, etc. And imagine a situation where the hot the employer knows there's a problem, knows that the cost is not that ex- it, that much to keep these things maintained, but to to shave costs and to use that money for something else uh, in the business when they could have easily used it to keep the equipment up to speed and then somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of conscious disregard for the safety. So if we look at employee safety, there's all types of work conditions that need to be in place, and some of them are very easy to establish and maintain. And when the employer fails to do that, I think that would put you into a place of wrongful misconduct. Okay. And that slides nice and easy into the idea behind there is the information about remdesivir and its history in terms of the failure of the drug is known. There are studies everywhere. It takes 30 seconds to Google it. So if you're a healthcare provider and you're being asked to give drugs you have no information about at all, you don't even get an insert and you don't look it up, I think that's a conscious disregard for the patient's rights. Secondarily, you know there are other types of efficacious medications available for this treatment and you intentionally don't give that information to the patient. You intentionally don't offer it up. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's conscious disregard for the patient's rights and their health and their safety. And so hopefully that kind of puts it into perspective, but it, it's really just about knowing and then intentionally consciously saying, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do to keep people safe and healthy. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's the point and you know what? What's even worse is that now ivermectin isn't ivermectin actually on the uh, the the official list of treatments that you can give people if uh, if they come in and, and hospitals seem to just kind of be ignoring that. I, I mean, since that was publicized and announced, even though it was uh, uh, albeit quietly, uh, I have had people that watch the show. Uh, mentioned to me that they had brought it up to the hospital and they were told that, you know, absolutely not. We, we can't administer ivermectin. But then, you okay. know, you go and look and it's it's there. It's supposed to be on the list, but either they're ignorant or they don't want to prescribe ivermectin because it's cheap. Oh. And, you know, the, the financial component comes in. Well, I'm, I'm going to get Michael talk on the numbers here in a second, but here's why ivermectin is not being prescribed. They're not keeping it in the hospital. Mm. It's not available. It's not on the grounds. So there's no way to prescribe it and administer it. They're doing that intentionally because if they have uh, a remdesivir as the exclusive remedy available, mm-hmm. they get a nice incentive when the patient dies from the government for the care that they provide. I'll let Michael tell you about the numbers. But that is some of the most malicious horrifying conscious disregard decisions i could dream about knowing you have a way to treat patients that cost nothing and you intentionally don't put it into your system in a hospital as a drug available that is criminal mm-hmm. in my opinion i'm not a criminal law attorney i'm putting that tag on it though because to me that is just over the top it is beyond anything i could have imagined from a medical provider or a medical institution Ever in this country. It sure seems criminal to me too, Michael. So, you know, when we think about ivermectin, first of all, Nobel Peace Prize winning medicine, the countries where people take it every day for malaria, they're not getting COVID. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a state in India that has like, I don't know, 240 million, 260 million uh, people that live in that state. They gave it out near the beginning as a prophylactic. Mm-hmm. And I think they had like 11 cases of COVID. I actually have so, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, he his uh, his his uh, uh, extended family is from India and he went to India to spend some time there for work and, and family purposes. And they the government had these like COVID kits that they gave to people like, at, you know, as soon as they got there, which included ivermectin and like, you know, vitamin D, a, a whole bunch of the things that we've come to know now as, uh, you know, effective treatments for this stuff. If you end up getting sick. But, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and he said, yes, everybody has these kits at their disposal and nobody gets sick. I wanted to say a little bit about that because we know that the mainstream media has vilified ivermectin as a horse paste or something like that. Yep. And the reason it's given to horses is because it's effective against, you know, uh, things that we all get, uh, actually. I mean, we're all, we all are subject to parasites and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, so, so, but I wanted your viewers to know that it's one of the most commonly prescribed medicines across the world. It's f- efficacious for all kinds of things. Certainly, as a prophylactic and as a as a healing agent for ivermectin, even in late stages. I mean, I'm sorry for for COVID in late stages. Uh, so, the, the, on the monetization side, in California, let me just give you these numbers. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody comes into the hospital and they're treated as an outpatient, give them some ivermectin 
tell them to go home and have some chicken soup, and in a couple of days they'll be back to work. Okay, because that's pretty much how it works. We know that we know that COVID nineteen has a ninety nine point nine seven percent survival rate. Mm-hmm. Less than one half of one percent people worldwide die from COVID nineteen. Give them some ivermectin, send them home. Average charge rate in California for that kind of treatment. Now, if you bring them into the hospital and you treat them as an inpatient, um, the charge rate goes up to about $111,000. So that's a pretty big jump, right? Yeah. But if it becomes a complex case, because as an an inpatient, it's either complex or Mm non-complex. Complex is defined as put them in the ICU and or intubate them. Now it's recognized as a complex case. Average charge rate jumps from 111,000 to 454,000. And I'm giving round numbers, plus or minus a little bit, but that's approximately what it is. But now on top of that, as Dan mentioned a minute ago, if you offer, if you offer um, remdesivir to the exclusion of any other remedy, but it has to be to the exclusion of other remedies. Now, if you're a Medicare Medicaid funded hospital, you get a special code from the government that allows you a 20% uptick on the entire stay. And Multiply. I should have, yeah. So I should have broke out my calculator, but it's at least $70,000 on 454. So if you give somebody ivermectin, send them home and they are almost certain to get better, 3600 bucks. If you bring them to the hospital, deny them all treatments except for remdesivir, add the protocol, poison them to death, and commit murder, essentially, now you're over half a million. On top of that, if you write COVID-19 on the death certificate, just in the original CARES Act, the number in California that the state gets for every COVID-19 death certificate across the state, 146,000. In Kentucky, it's 298000 We're the eighth highest paid state uh, in, in, in the union. But it's huge, huge money. You know, the hospitals are, are governed by the state. They don't produce the death certificates. I'm sure there's pressure there. And, and these are just the parts we know about. I definitely believe that the financial incentives go beyond what we know. And we're going to find out what those are in the discovery process as we file these lawsuits. But that's that's the monetization is 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 huge. It's evil. It's sick. It's and, and so. it's about the most reprehensible thing I can possibly imagine. That you know, I mean, what what is the value of a life? It's hard enough when you're talking about damages uh, from a death. You know how how do you put a value on somebody's life? You know, obviously, I know there's formulas and stuff. I mean, if so, like you said, if somebody's a wage earner, you know, how much money would they have made throughout their entire life? You know, what would they have been able to pass on to their families? Uh, you know, yeah. but pain and suffering, you know, the, the actual loss mm-hmm. of that person, you know, and it sounds like, you know, for these hospital systems, half a million dollars is half a million dollars. I mean, it seems pretty black and white, you know, either they could make less than $4,000 or they can make more than half a million uh, and uh, and really pad their bottom line. And, you know, I can just imagine them rationalizing this as, you know, why would we do this? You know, I mean, uh, it, it's quite obvious that there is a sector of society like the elites, I would call them, uh, who 
don't have the same value for human life that we out here, the plebs do, you know, uh, they are perfectly comfortable with consigning us to the dustbin of history, because as long as they get to continue on and uh, live their life in the lap of luxury, they're fine with it. Uh, You know, many people uh, on the left believe that the world is overpopulated. Uh, And COVID-19 was an opportunity for many people uh, to reduce the burden of the human population on planet Earth just a little bit. Um, You know, I I, that that's how I feel uh, about it. It's difficult to prove, but that's right. We don't know what we don't know what's running through their minds. But there are a couple of things that stand out to me. And, and, you know, we look at this and we say, well, these doctors are afraid for their jobs. Mm-hmm. But there's a cognitive dissonance for your listeners, for not for all of them, because you're <laughs> educating them all the time. Okay, but for a lot of people that go into the hospitals, there's a huge cognitive dissonance. I mean, mm-hmm. they expect to get help. They don't expect to get tortured to death. And not only do they just trust hospitals in general, who could imagine that so many doctors across the country would rather torture people to death by the hundreds mm-hmm. Then lose their Porsche. Yeah. I mean, that it's just like you said, Zach, a minute ago, there's like this lack of moral awareness or there's a moral dysfunction. I forget your exact words, but how I, I just look at humanity and most of the people I meet are not, they're, they're good people. They want to, they want to raise a family. They want to earn their yeah. money. They want to like take care of their neighbor. That's the way I experience humanity almost all the time. And so the idea that, Every hospital across the country, almost without exception, could be filled with doctors who would knowingly torture a patient to death mm-hmm. rather than lose their salary is a, is a staggering concept. But it's happening. It's happening right here. When we look at Nazi Germany, we say, how did those guards like, justify it? Well, God bless. We have doctors doing the same thing right here and now. Yep. We have people dying like flies, not just dying like flies, literally being put to death mm-hmm. because yes. people are afraid to lose their job. You know, the answer to that is lose your freaking job. Mm-hmm. Lose, quit. Walk away. And you know what? The, everything turns around in a minute if nobody participates in these freaking lies and these freaking death schemes. It all goes to pieces in a second. Yep. It does. It goes away instantly, almost yeah. instantly. We have a, an example of that. Kind of developing here in California, the healthcare industry was hit with mandate right out of the gate, and uh, they were provided. The employees had an opportunity to find uh, to submit a religious exemption or a medical exemption to the the vaccine. Many of the hospitals respected those sincerely held religious beliefs and exempted those folks from the the vaccine and allowed them to continue to work uh, with safety protocols. Lots of people went ahead and got the shot and continued to work. And then, so there was a, a large number of people, though, who were fired, and that put a big hit on the ability of the healthcare industry to staff their hospitals and their facilities. And then they came out with a booster. And I'll tell you, within about 48 hours of a booster mandate, the first booster mandate across California in healthcare, we had about 500 emails a day. And we're just one person, a small office. We've had some exposure in the state, but 500 emails a day from people looking to get exemptions on the booster. Lots of people quit, didn't get the booster, submitted their exemption, and again, the health industry was uh, was hurt, or they were fired, and the health industry was hurt in terms of numbers. And so what has happened? The second booster, they're giving away exemptions like candy. 
They got to keep people working. So when people and enough people stand up and say, you know, my religious beliefs mean the world to me and I'm not going to do this. And they display that type of fortitude, that character, that love for the Lord. And, and the most, and enough people do it. The other side has to recognize it. It just takes a little bit of, of hurt for a bit until enough people have done it. And I, you know, I, I just want to take 30 seconds and say, to those people that we're working with and anybody who stood t- tall and true to their religious convictions and said no to the vaccine and you were terminated, may God bless you with just incredible blessings going forward. And, and I, and I just thank you for your faith because I didn't have to do that. I have my own office. There's no way we were ever going to mandate that. I don't care if I had someone put a gun, but we were just not doing it. Mm-hmm. So it was my choice to not have to face that compulsion or that coercion. To anyone who stood up and said no, more power to you, man. That is just awesome. And may God bless you because that kind of courage and moral conviction is what we need more of. And I, and I want to just kind of go off this idea that these doctors are just saying no uh, and, and really just going against their better conscience. There is a growing number of doctors across the country that are finally figuring it out and saying no. And they're facing challenges. And Peter McCulloch, he's getting his license ripped away from him, you know, but he's going to fight back. He's an amazing man. Doctors across the country are saying no more of this. And they're going and they're working together to form different types of co-ops. However, they're going to put it together to provide care without the influence of the medical institutions and the pharmaceutical companies. That's the kind of thing that comes from the pressure that we've been under. And that's the thing that makes America great. And more people saying yes to that and doing that will just provide an opportunity for us to get away from this. And it, it is encouraging. Uh, one thing, and just a last little bit, because there should be some encouragement. You know, Michael and I have been exposed to lots and lots of people, uh, in this, in these fights. And, and I have Zoom calls almost every night with people that are facing this type of, of, uh, tyranny. And God is moving and he's real and he's alive and he's touching the lives of these folks and he is causing change in them and they're doing things. They're speaking out. It's, it, it's amazing to see. And one thing that just is highlighted came to my knowledge here recently, you know, across the state and the country, people are coming into hospitals with vaccine injuries. There's no question. It's mm-hmm. an injury for the back. They can't explain anything about what's happening. It's the vaccine. Yep. Doctors have just routinely dismissed it. I'm not going there to save my life. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. They're finally doing it. We have a doctor in Santa Barbara County on a several occasions now has written in the chart, this is a COVID shot injury. That's the kind of strength of character we're looking for, boy. And if that's a, if you're a medical provider, you have an opportunity to take a stand and identify what you know to be true and call it out. Mm-hmm. God bless you as well. That kind of change is happening, and it's happening because people are fed up with being told to ignore the obvious, being told to disregard the rights of their patients, to not care about what's going on in this in their community or in this country, um, and to let the elites do what you were just saying, run the show and get rid of people. They're standing up. And so there is some hope. I want people to know that. We've, I've been blessed That's great. to hear about these stories and talk to these folks, and it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so and, good and to hear. Add, yeah. Zach, if I could yeah. just add to what Dan said, just real briefly, um, there is hope. You know, Dan and I are men of faith. We believe that there, that what we're seeing is uh, what we're seeing is a, a, a spiritual war being manifested in an earthly way. Mm-hmm. And there's a great evil at foot in our country. There is. I mean, there's no question about it. You can't murder people by the hundreds of thousands with vaccines and remdesivir. 
without acknowledging that there's a monstrous evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the word tracks across the country are the same. Uh, however, the God we serve is greater than that evil. The battle was won on the cross by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we have work to do. I mean, we have work to do. And, and you know, we, we can't think about our own safety. We only, Dan and I say every day to people, pray for us. Pray for us that we can be found faithful at the end of the day, that we can step where Jesus tells us to step in these legal battles and and uh, and seek the Lord where you may find him because that's, uh, you know, that is ultimately what needs to happen. But I, I, I can't go through an interview with that, with that saying that this is a spiritual war. And, Absolutely. Uh, and we covet the prayers of your listeners who are praying people. Well, you, you guys are going to get them in spades tonight, believe me. Uh, and to your point about doctors coming together, you know, I, I absolutely love hearing that the rank and file healthcare providers out there are starting to wise up and be honest about this stuff. Uh, one thing that I have uh, for a long time, you know, as long as this has been going on, you know, suggesting that doctors and, and healthcare providers, nurse practitioners need to come together and create like a medical co-op. And there are some people who have done that. It's called the Wellness Company. I just passed the link out in the chat there. It's literally uh, healthcare that is made up of doctors, nurses, and, and healthcare professionals that are not going to force you uh, or even suggest that you get the COVID nineteen vaccine. Uh, you can get prescriptions to all of these things that we're talking about, uh, and essentially, it's it's a co op. You join. Uh, there's a membership fee, and then you get access to the healthcare. And uh, it's not insurance, but it's it's something that you guys can actually use and perhaps benefit from. Uh, so I pass that out. If you use my code RP78, you get 5% off. And I'll go ahead and drop that in the chat here. We're actually going to be having a couple of the uh, the doctors from this organization, the wellness company, on the show here in like the next two weeks. So you'll be able to ask them questions directly about their experience as a healthcare provider and what they've had to fight against, uh, trying to raise awareness and information uh, and uh, and get people access to the type of healthcare that they should be receiving, but are not currently. Um Okay, you guys, we're going to be opening up the phones here in just a second. Let me uh, run through the thank yous over on Fox. We'll see if we have any uh, specific questions for you. Uh, Filter Dog one he says, if you're on Twitter, take an opportunity to drop truth bombs in the comments of Twitter files drops. Share a link to the show in the uh, comments of the Twitter files drops. I don't have a Twitter because I'm still banned. Uh, thank you. to <laughs> <laughs> I have been banned since right before the election of 2020. So I'm hoping Elon Musk is going to uh, to let me back on. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie. Toria, thank you very much for that can. Scout 65 says, have you contacted the Cullen Law Firm in Kansas City? They are also specialized in medical malpractice. They may help. Do you already have uh, um, uh, a, a connection to uh, to firms there? We have not heard from anyone in Kansas City, so okay. I will take a look. Okay. Uh, if that particular viewer has an immediate contact and they're interested, the declaretruth.us website, they go there and hit that get help tab and fill in their information. I'll get that immediately. We are always on the lookout, but I'll take a look and see if they're interested. Thank you for that. Great, great. And uh, you guys, I, I did pass out the the link to declaretruth.us uh, a couple of times earlier in the program. So uh, I know that there are some of you out there who 
would benefit from, you know, getting involved with this? Or, or you have the ability and the time, perhaps you can offer some of that uh, to assist these gentlemen, because, you know, th- th- this stuff takes time. Uh, it, it's a it's a burden for two guys uh, covering all of these states and all of these cases. And uh, I know that they've got more energy than most people and a lot more intelligence and, and moral character as well. But uh, anybody out there who can get involved, please, this is something that is totally worthwhile. Uh, editor at large. Thank you for those shades. Moss dog. Appreciate the can. Sean Joe. Thanks again for another cookie. Filter dog says, uh, are there many of these people that have survived? Yeah. Uh, back to the question about people who have survived remdesivir. Um, uh, any, any idea on what the percentage uh, of uh, possible survival and recovery is on that? I don't, uh, let me let Dan speak to that in just a moment. Yeah. My personal experience uh, is uh, is that it's rarely that we hear about someone who survives mm-hmm. of all the people who have reached out to us very few of them are survivors i mean this thing had a 53 percent mortality rate when it was used against ebola mm-hmm. that's why it was pulled from the study and banned from further use then fauci who is a monstrous and evil human being went before the cdc and t- and, and waved that study and said this proves that it's effective and safe, but the study actually banned its further use against Ebola of all things. Yeah. We also know that once you combine remdesivir and intubation, the mortality rate goes way up. It's hard to it's hard to survive remdesivir, and most people don't. That's been my experience, and it's sort of anecdotal. I haven't tracked numbers and percentages. Dan, yeah, my only way of really analyzing that would be to look at the people who've contacted us and the, and the nature of. Uh, the problem that's been developed. So if I was to put a number on it, we're probably running about five out of 25, maybe five out of 30 or 40 people that are injured versus calling because someone lost their lives. It's, it's a small percentage. uh, uh, When you, by our, by what I've seen, the comparison is pretty small. And Um, in that, in those numbers, we have to consider those who, um, get a little bit of remdesivir and then are successful in getting themselves out of the hospital mm-hmm. and those that go through a full course of treatment. I think those numbers change. If those who go for a full course of treatment, then the number of those who survive go way down. But those who get a little bit and are successful in escaping and there's no other word for it, then we have some survivors. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I also, Unix, I, I saw in the chat you were mentioning that you hope that uh, um, Dr. Zelenko was put into protective custody. I, doctors, I was friends with Dr. Zelenko. So if anybody out there is is doubting whether or not he is still around or if he passed away, he actually did pass away. And I'm, I'm sorry. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive 
active and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Sorry to say that we we lost a, a real one when uh, when he shuffled off this mortal coil, but obviously God had other plans for him. He he did incredible work while he was here, uh, and I think that the the best thing we can do is, is honor his memory and um, uh, continue to do the work that he was doing. Um, I need to say thank you to Low Country Brooklyn. She said last fall uh, they trachea intubated my my friend AK in a Bronx hospital. Remdesivir refused ivermectin. Family tried to move him. Hospital fought it, and he died. Uh, his girlfriend had a medical power of attorney. They wanted that money. Uh, uh, awful, awful story. Um, Vector says, hello, Dan and Michael. I will call in if I can, and Vector is actually our first caller. Uh, Woke for years says, we were all asleep when these corporations uh, bought out all of the small hospitals and now all of the medical practices. It's monopoly with corporate control. Yeah, we seem to have a lot of uh, uh, monopolized industries in America. Now, I remember growing up as a child um, and learning about the protections we had against those things. And uh, and now it just seems like everybody's consolidated and uh, and the options uh, that you have to, to make a choice, uh, no matter what it is, whether it's healthcare or, or any of these other things, that's it. Um, where I live, there is one healthcare system and all of the 
little, you know, the various practices around town, they're all part of that same healthcare system. And, uh, and you know, there's no other choice. If I want to get a, a different type of medical care or a different provider, I have to drive like an hour and a half uh, to, to go someplace. That's the one thing that I don't care for about Florida is that I really have no other choice other than uh, the, these people. Um, Filter Dog, thank you again. Curious Patriot says, thank you as always, brother, and uh, dropped another two cookies. I appreciate that. Rook Castle, so good to see you. What happened to the creed? First, do no harm. This is evil medical tyranny. I would think that you guys could just bring that up in the course of this case and uh, and it would essentially just, you know, seal the deal. Um, thank I mean, you, Rook Castle. I could, can I jump in on Please. that? I, yeah. Peter McCulloch has addressed that at some of the conferences that he, or our press conferences, you know, and you raised a great point. I've been trying to figure out what happened to that. I mean, if it's a healthcare provider and working with them for 30 years, and now I've been in the company of amazing healthcare providers across the state who, you know, stood up for their rights. I've been wondering, like, what happens to these doctors? And McCulloch was really, I think he, he sees it for what it is. They, they go to medical school and they have to follow a certain rote script at medical school. If you try to think independently from what you're being taught, then you're going to be run out. You're not going to get through. So you learn in medical school, think what you're told and don't think independent of that. And the pharmaceuticals drive so much of that because the treatment that they're learning is all about medications. Yep. They come out, they're strapped with debt. They enter into, like you said, these corporate facilities owned by mega companies mm-hmm. who have the way they have to do it because money drives the train. And they're again caught in this world of just doing what they're told and not thinking independently. And then years go by and it's just who they are. And we have a client in uh, Michigan, one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. She's going to be incredible when we get her story out. She sat there and recorded a doctor telling her, I don't get to choose what I want to do. I do what I'm told. And that's the way I stay employed. And I am not going to lose my job to do what I think should be done. That's effectively what he told her. I am not exaggerating. It is unbelievable. She has it recorded. Uh, That's the thinking that is in the way. But with that comes now experienced physicians who, like we're talking about, they're seeing the errors of that and moving out and trying to create more and more independent groups that can provide care that goes back to, you know, when, I don't know how much, I'm not a huge historian, but I know the Rockefellers had an incredible impact on pharmaceuticals and all of that. Absolutely. If we, we got these doctors now that are thinking, how about getting back to medicine before this? Mm -hmm. When we treated people with things that are natural and we took care of business that way. And that's a good thing that's coming out of this because absent this type of pressure and these types of horrific stories, I don't know if we would have got there. So we're seeing this growing desire to get away from pharmaceuticals there's a, a greater awareness of the problems from the pharmaceutical companies and this idea that medicine fixes everything it actually exacerbates the problem most of the time absolutely um, you've got to you've really got to take drugs to deal with the side effects from the original drug that you were prescribing yeah. it's a never-ending yeah. cycle yeah yeah it's yeah. amazing Horrible, horrible stuff. Okay, uh, and then uh, thank you very much to uh, uh, Woke for Years, Vector, and Low Country Brooklyn. We'll go through the uh, rest of the thank yous over on Foxhole after we do a couple of the calls. And we're going to bring Vector in first here. But Rook Castle also says uh, Tylenol during pregnancy is now linked to autism. Apparently there is a, a lawsuit for that as well. Hadn't heard that. Uh, that's, uh, that's crazy. That's, uh, I mean, Tylenol is actually, uh, a lot more dangerous than, uh, I think we've been led to admit. I was, somebody was just, uh, telling me about, um, 
some specific reasons why you're not supposed to take Tylenol as a child, like uh, children under a certain age. It's uh, somehow uh, linked to shutting down their kidneys or their liver or something like that. Uh, but Vector, you're on the air. How you doing, buddy? Hello, Zach. How are you, my friend? And Excellent. hello to Dan and Michael. It's a pleasure to meet you. Good to meet oh, you. Victor. Love your hat. Love, yeah, I love your hat. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I, uh, yes I'll, I'll send you one when I can. Um, look, um, I've got so much to say to you. Uh, welcome uh, and hello to, um, to you from the people of Australia. Uh, I hope I'm not coming in too hot. I just want to say something very briefly. I've got a few things I wanted to bring up, but the New Zealand child... Um, uh, you know, that you talked about earlier yeah. that was uh, being forced to take vaccinated blood. Mm. So uh, that's a very sad story. So this mm. is the state of what's going on down here. Stolen elections as well, allegedly. Um, Dan Andrews returned in Victoria, the, uh, you know, the dictator Dan that's keeping everyone on lockdown. So, you know, uh, every time you think about your life and you're disappointed, ladies and gents, just uh, do understand that people actually live in the state of Victoria in Australia. So there's that. Um, look, uh, what else can I say? Assisted medical dying in Canada. What the F is going on in Canada? Uh, this is crazy. The the ads for the pods, that sort of stuff. And just thirdly, bef- before I let you guys go, it's uh, what's going on with Twitter? And uh, this is the third dump now. I'm watching all of this stuff, especially a member of the Q movement uh, for seven years. And my eyes are popping out. I've, 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 I don't know what to say. I'm actually lost for words, Zach. So I love it. I, I'm, I'm so something? excited about it. I mean, this is... This is just confirmation of everything we knew was happening. I mean, it's it is shocking, though, to see Twitter employees discussing their private meetings with the director of national intelligence, the ODNI. They're meeting with them, meeting on a daily basis with the FBI or with DHS. You know, I mean, this is so clearly a violation of our constitutional rights. And I really hope that we've got some lawyers out there like you guys that are going to be willing to take this on because, I mean, it's so cut and dry. It's black and white. It's right there. The government found people, people with small accounts on Twitter posting memes, and they go and ask them to shut them down because they don't like the content of their speech. Well, that that's against the law. We can't do that. I mean, like, and, you know, I was I had posted something about this on uh, Truth Social earlier, and uh, a number of people had, uh, you know, suggested maybe this is an opportunity for a class action. Because, I mean, there's undoubtedly like thousands Tens of thousands of people that were probably uh, had their speech suppressed by the federal government directives from the federal government to Twitter, you know, and uh, I, I, I know that if this ends up in court in some fashion, then, you know, uh, I, I was involved in a lawsuit against YouTube for the deletion of uh, my YouTube account back in October of 2020, right before they deleted me from Twitter and the judges. I think we made it to the uh, uh, to the appeals uh, through the through the lower court and then to the appeals court. And uh, I think, what was it, the uh, uh, the Ninth Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that was out there in California, too. And um, and they said, well, you know, I mean, what if YouTube wants to suppress speech? And undoubtedly, there were a bunch of liberals at Twitter that wanted to suppress speech, too. But as soon as the federal government waltzed in and said, hey, guys, even if you want to do this, we want to make sure that you delete these people's tweets. I mean, that right there, it's so cut and dry. It's black and white. And we shouldn't have a two-tier justice system. We shouldn't have these people with uh, with privilege and access uh, getting away with whatever they want to because they they can, you know. Uh, and, and then us down here uh, on the ground floor, uh, looking up at their ivory tower and saying, you know, please let let me have a voice, even though it's enshrined in the Bill of Rights. 
But so, right. the election interference as well, the FBI and the yeah. Department of Homeland Security. Go ahead, sir. Like, I, I'm just really livid. Like, I, I, I'm all over this stuff and super annoyed. Mm-hmm. What are they doing here in Australia? Elon Musk, please release the uh, uh, all oh, yeah. the communications between Dan Andrews' office and Twitter. I want to know all about it. Why was DJ Vex the band after talking about this on on Zach's show only a couple of weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just too coincidental, and I don't believe in it. I don't like my my free speech being taken away. That's like my God given right, uh, uh, along with the right to defend myself. This is where the First Amendment and the Second Amendment come in. You know. Uh, <laughs> So I'm really, I'm really pissed off today, Red Pill. Like I'm, I'm letting you know, man. Like I'm so annoyed, man. Don't, don't, don't let the, the, the accent fool you. I'm so angry about what's going on in Arizona as well, and I'm getting very discouraged. So please cheer me up if you can. Okay, hey, Vector. Let me. Go ahead. Can I just let me just say this to you, man. I, I want to personally thank you for weighing in from across the ocean. I have been watching what's happening in Australia, and I'm horrified by the thank loss you. of liberty that you're being subjected to. Uh, you guys are in my prayers, um, and I Thank appreciate you. so much uh, you and your countrymen paying attention to what's going on over here. I want you to know that there are a good number of us who are paying attention to what's happening to you as well. America first, bro. We have to, because otherwise, uh, uh, how the fuck are we supposed to save the rest of the world if we mm-hmm. don't save America? We're watching America go down like a sinking ship at the moment. The, those of us who know, most of the people here and in the rest of the world, they're not really aware. They've got their own problems. But I understand yeah. from a geopolitical perspective, we must save America. We must do it now. It we has to be done first. has to be done with elections. And all this election stuff is making me discourage Dan and Michael. Zach, sorry, I'm, I'm really oh. down today. Let me say um, this, I'm Victor. Just- <laughs> you know, as as as... As difficult as it is uh, to confront the evil that's right in front of our faces, you know, they they may have more power than they've had, uh, you know, ever before in history, but they're also more exposed than they've ever been before. And, Mm. you know, I mean, I'm really, uh, uh, you know, heartened to to hear that doctors are now uh, deciding to step forward. I I mean, you know, we've had enough cowardice, you know, let's have some bravery, you know, do the right thing, uh, be honest about what's happening. And uh, because there, there's enough, there's enough people out there that we could make a difference. If all the doctors that, that are in a a given healthcare system, Advent health or whatever it might be, if they decided, you know, if half of them stood up and said, Hey, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. People are dying. And, you know, there's a better way to go about it. The, 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 the company would have no, 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 no recourse other than to go ahead and just, you know, capitulate, say, okay, great. You know, so you guys know better, you're doctors. And it's the same with the people in the United States of America. You know, people are standing up. People are upset. Take a look at what's happening in, in Brazil. Man, that one right there really gets yeah. me because that's an example of what we should be doing here in America. What could be possible if we decided to put some pressure on the government, act in a legal fashion, okay, organize, have our voices heard, uh, and, and refuse to participate in a system that's broken and stacked against us. Get out there in the streets. I mean, it's possible. We could be doing it. I, I think that it will happen, but this kind of goes back into uh, a, a point that uh, that you had made earlier, Dan, about uh, the pain. You know, I mean, uh, this I, I say this all the time. The pain has to be great enough for people to uh, gather the will to act to end it. You know, because as long as people are comfortable and you know, things are not that bad, then we're just going to go 
go along to get along. I mean, that's just the way the nature of the beast. Conservatives really just want to, you know, raise their families, uh, have a good life, go to work, uh, take care of their 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 problems and, you know, just live unencumbered life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Well, once that pursuit of happiness is uh, is sufficiently restricted, uh, then people are going to be willing to stand up and say, hey, guess what? I- I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. We're going to go ahead and do something about it. But we got to get to that precipice. You know this, Vector. We got to get to that precipice. And, uh, and I think we're pushing I I... ever closer to it. So don't go blackpilled. It's going to no, work. Let me, uh, if I could just jump in yeah. here, some thoughts on all of this. You know, when I, going back, I... I'm raised as a teen through the eighties an incredible decade Reagan and all that good stuff, constitutional values. And I just believe that would always be the case. We'd always have the protections of the constitution. We would never have to fear the government taking those away. And then of course, and you know, since president Trump jumped in and that time period, all of a sudden you're just seeing an absolute reckless disregard for the constitutional values. And I'm left wondering, how do I get involved? Mm-hmm. I've been practicing law. I don't really have any inroad to constitutional stuff. I didn't know what to do, but I was like Vector just every day seeing something that just drove me crazy. And you get looking at there's a hundred things that are going on and you just don't know where to go. And but you want to do something. And, and here, here's what happened to me. And I and I I believe that this is where a lot of people sit if they if they were to follow this. You know, I got involved with my son and helping them because uh fight against the mandate for the kids. I was no way he was going to get vaccinated. Yes. Got the religious exemptions in place. It was just one kid that I started to help that led to 50 or so students at his school that led to another 50 to a hundred across the state. And then, but here's, here's the thing. So I said, I, I, then I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, what else can I do? And God put me in touch uh, with people in the healthcare industry that needed help fighting these mandates. And it got, it, it didn't take long, a couple of weeks, and we were getting hundreds of emails a day. And I was one Friday night, I was sitting in my computer, really at a point where I, I'm either going to say no or yes, because it, it can't just continue to just halfway be involved. Mm-hmm. And I just decided to say yes. I had no idea how it was going to play out. I had no idea God would use me. I had no idea I'd meet Michael, that I'd be involved in meeting some of the most amazing Americans uh, in, in this country. I just said, yes, my point is this. If you are in the same place that Vector's in, we're all in, we look at what's going on and we're beside ourselves to see what's happening. Religious values, they want it gone. They just, they cannot have religion in this culture. Yes, mm-hmm. Dan, they hate God. They hate God. They do. They do. And so, this, is, this is a spiritual war. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, sir. No, no it just it starts there saying yes to God. In my humble opinion, if you start saying yes and you start sharing your faith, I don't even care what your faith is. Let's just get faith going again. But if you're a Christian, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. Forgiveness of sins comes through him. I can go to heaven and spend eternity with God. That's Mm. the good news. Share that. Start there. Share that and put those values back into the hearts of people in this country. Second Amendment rights and understanding the value of that. And so on and so on. You guys get we're going. But if you Absolutely. just say yes to God, he will provide you all the opportunities you need. Go into the school board, not just to sit and listen, but to speak truth. Mm-hmm. Go into, you know, water districts where you're getting all kinds of problems there, whatever it is. If you say yes and you truly give it to God, I think that's where it starts. And sharing your faith and convincing more people to say yes, those small acts of faith turn into a tidal wave 
of goodness against evil. And that's how we write a lot of this huge corporate control. I'm praying that that's how it works out. We're seeing God move in incredible ways. He's alive. He's real. He is changing lives right now when people say yes. This is the moment of revival for America. And I think we can make something happen if we just enough of us do that. He'll take care of putting you where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Say yes. I couldn't agree more. And I just want to say, I know we got other people waiting, uh, um, Zach, but uh, excuse me. You know, I would say I'm I'm nothing special. I come from a two stoplight town. I grew up poor as a church mouse. I went to law school because I thought God was calling me there. I didn't know a single lawyer. Me too. And here I am with Vector Dan Watkins, Red Pill 78, uh, spreading some words of truth. And it's humbling. I mean, and but it's just because I said yes, like Dan said. I, I, I never said to myself, should I do this? My mm-hmm. only question was, when I saw the medical training was happening, I, I just said, how could I not? How could I not? That there's, I have no choice in this. You know, God has given me some gifts, and they're his to use. All right. Well, listen, wow. Vector, we got to jump on to the next caller, but I just wanted to give you an option to uh, uh, have any final thoughts for these gents. Michael, um, thank you so much. I, I love you guys. I, I, I feel like you're going to be best friends. I'm coming to America. I'm going to come and see all of you patriots, and uh, I'm going to sure. come and fight for you. I'm doing this for the kids. This is why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this for me. I don't give a, a flying F. Okay, uh, I want to save America because I need to help save my own country. I want to mm-hmm. give my children a future. Thank you for your sacrifice and what you're doing. This is very, very difficult. Uh, everybody, I'm not blackpilled. I'm very discouraged today, and uh, everything's going to be fine. It's mm-hmm. been a very hard week, and reading all that Twitter stuff is making me really pissed off. Like, uh, I, I'm not even going to tell you guys what's, what I've got going on in the background. 24-7, I'm getting three or four hours sleep a night at the moment because I'm all over this, and so all the rest of the Anons and Autists. So thank you. I love you. Dan and Michael, Zach Payne, my brother from another mother, I love you. Please give Patel Patriot my regards and uh, and Thomas and, uh, and, 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 and Abe and all these people. I love your audience. Thank you so much, and I'll see you another day. DJ Vector out. All right. Love you, brother. Amazing. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Uh, let me say thank you to Lisa Lady. She says, <clears throat> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. So happy to catch you live. Lisa, I hope you and your family are doing well. Thank you for being here. Uh, Hamtown Girl 78 says, Praying for everyone who died or was injured by Remdesivir and their families. F. Fauci. F. Fauci, indeed. Next caller coming in hot. And caller, you're on the air. Can we get a name? Caller. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's this? Um. I am an old Southern trial lawyer. Um, I've been licensed since 84, and I've done primarily uh, pharmaceutical um, uh, products liability cases, a little bit of a medical malpractice, and mainly I was just calling because I'm interested in uh, contributing effort to um, the two lawyers that you're on with. I had volunteered yes for one other organization and they just weren't very organized and uh I've done stuff in California too so I'm just interested in I've done you know everything from finfin to orthopedic implant cases and products liability uh in multi district litigation and um uh, you know other 
other kinds of uh, practice. So I'm trying to talk fast because I have two dogs here that will probably interrupt me barking at any moment. Oh, it's so no I'm just problem. interested in what to how to how to touch base. I'm a patriot, and um, you know, here in Tennessee, trying to be semi-retired on a farm, but I really feel compelled to work on this and have you know tried that one time and uh, did some things, but. Uh, just it wasn't a, a scenario, but I have worked on California cases in my multi-district litigation and with California firms. And I just want to, you know, I can look at documents. I can do whatever. I just want to, you know, volunteer and, uh, you know, help because I am really feel like I'm not doing what I should be doing, not doing enough. <laughs> oh, God bless you. I'm so happy you were listening tonight. I <clears throat> You know, I, every time we do a show like this, uh, I'm always wondering, where are the lawyers in my audience? Because I know that there's <laughs> got to be some, and maybe it's just that they have too much on their plate. But I'm glad that you're, uh, that you're here and, uh, and, and you called in. So, Dan, go ahead and let her know. How can she contribute? Well, I would like to get something more direct than the Declare Truth website. Um, okay. If you go to my website, which is Watkins and Latosky, the, the it's WL dash llp.com wl dash llp.com there's a contact um tab go down there if you fill in your information tell us where you're at tennessee lawyer put that in the subject line i'll call you tomorrow we'll get talking okay would you hit me again with that i didn't really understand that wl like wl comma uh no, limited I, liability or some kind no, no, of no. llp, yeah, it's is LLP. That what you said? Yeah, so it's wl Pardon? wl hyphen llp.com and I, i'm okay. actually dropping that link in all of the chats so if you're in the chat then you will be able to see that too and just verify that you've got it down correctly okay but, yeah. and i can send i can send all my particulars uh like i said i've done this for a long time since 1984 i've been a trial lawyer and so i, oh. I just really uh you know want to do things to uh, help and have don't feel like I've done enough, but you have to find the right kind of way to help as a lawyer. Right. Um, Zach, I listen to you all the time, but usually it's on Rumble and on the replay, not live. I just happened to be listening live tonight while I was cleaning on my house. Perfect. But you I know, as a lawyer, you know, yeah. if, if you don't do election law. If you don't do election law, then you really can't help with that. Or, you know, you know, you don't you don't know how to do different kinds of things. All I've ever done is be a personal injury trial lawyer representing the plaintiff in products, liability, personal injury cases. That's all I've done ever. So you have to have the right circumstance. And uh, I kind of want to be the conductor on a train. I'm not interested in being the engineer. I'm old. (laughs) I like, uh, you know, I want to help, but I don't want my life completely dominated by it if you know what i mean and that's what sure. that kind of law practice does to you not here boy we've been grinding for a long time here uh let me just say a couple of things one your experience is amazing and it'll be great and super uh, helpful and we don't have anybody in tennessee that i'm aware of so even if it were just to assist us in allowing us to pro hawk in we could team up and work on some cases but here's something I want to say to the, to the other attorneys who don't have all that litigation experience that you have and the, the skill set that you've developed over time. You know, the one thing that God's taught me is he doesn't use the people that are prepared and all wired and ready to go. 
He just takes the people that say yes, and he gets you where you need to be. So if you're a young attorney and you don't have any skill, you've never tried a case, it does not matter. The Lord doesn't care. He doesn't need you to be a skilled trial attorney. He needs you to have a heart for him, a desire to help people, and to fight against evil. And he'll put plenty of work in front of you, uh, and he'll provide a way for you to develop that skill set with his guidance and his discernment and his wisdom. And then you'll be everything you could ever want to be as a lawyer. So I would encourage even the young ones, boy, it's scary because I'm, I'm scared. I don't know anything about what we're getting into other than that mouth stuff. I mean, everything we're learning, I'm on a vertical learning curve. The last year has been insane. Wow. But there's no other way for me to do it right now. That's the way I'm going to run it out and be done. So, well, there's, there's, there's a, you know, everybody has to start somewhere and there right. is a big learning curve to that top practice, but um, it is a rewarding top of practice, but it is a, a very, uh, uh, jealous type practice because it will take all your it will take all your time and then some uh it's sure. it's something else when you're in it full bore so it it'll t- take your whole life away <laughs> we're giving it away to god so yeah. we'll, we'll let him do it when he can <laughs> so, okay so again call. it's wl as in william uh whiskey lima dash huh i said whiskey lima Whiskey Lima. Okay, Whiskey Lima. I'm not good on the military. Uh, <laughs> Whiskey Lima dash Lima Lima P for pasta dot oh. com. Well, I like that. Even <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Good stuff. I just ate some spaghetti, so that came to mind. Okay, and so <laughs> I'll, I'll just find that. That's the website, and I go to the contact and send it that way. I'm I'm perfect. I'm actually very tech savvy, even though I'm an old chick. I'm good on all that stuff. So. Well, you, you got me beat because I can't do it at all. So I'll tell you that right. Now. I can do it. I can do it all. I can do everything. I can do it all. So I will be in touch, and I, I'm going to go back to listening on. I listened to all the stuff. I'm up on everything. I was a political science major good. in undergraduate school at the University of Tennessee, and then I went to law school at the University of Tennessee. So I've done politics my whole life and uh, thought I was going to be a Bernie person, but became a Trump person because he immediately came in and got rid of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And I'm like, that's my guy. (laughs) He did what he said he was going to do. He's my guy. So I've been all Trump all the way ever since. That's my guy. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I'm really glad you were listening live tonight. All right. Take care, right. guys. I'm going to go back to listening to you. All right. You too. Thank God you. bless. Talk to you soon. I uh, can't <laughs> wait to see what you guys put together. This is awesome. Uh, Lisa Lady, she says, when I got COVID two years ago, I received the plasma, which works, but I did take rems- remdesivir, but I'm allergic to steroids, so I didn't have organ issues. Plus, I had God with me and angels around my bed. Wow, that, that's incredible. I had no idea. Uh, Vector also said, thank you, Zach, for having me on. And uh, thanks to Dan and Michael. 07, love you guys. Love all of you guys. Uh, let's see. Welcome the Eagle 88 is our next caller, bringing uh, them in. Uh, thank you very much for being here tonight, guys. I appreciate it. Any other lawyers that want to call in and get involved in the case, I, uh, please, I encourage you to do so. Uh, welcome the Eagle. Hopefully you can hear me. We're just waiting for your audio to get connected. And and there you are. Uh, welcome, Eagle. How are you? Oh, shit. <laughs> you are live. You're on You're the live. air. <laughs> <laughs> are you there? Doing good. Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> There you go. I'm okay. here. All right. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? 
Hey, thank you. I just wanted to introduce myself to Dan and Mike. Uh, my name is Welcome the Eagle, Albert Benavides here in San Jose. And it was uh, Susanna, Michelle, and um, Heidi that brought me here. Um, I've, uh, I created a, a page on my, on my website. I'm the number one Bears auditor in the world, uh, bearsaware.com. But I, I, uh, I just wanted to introduce myself as I put uh, a lot of your stuff in your donate uh, buttons. And um, I, I'm with you guys all the way. I'm on, uh, I'm on team uh, Jim Thorpe and team Steve Kirsch and team Josh Getzkow and everybody. I've got uh, – I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a medical guy. I'm the world's, I was the world's best, uh, uh, medical biller and HMO claims auditor. And it seems through all this whole sigh up now, now everybody else wants to be, uh, uh, what I've done my whole career, you know, like the ICD codes and all this stuff. And, uh, so anyways, I, you know, I just wanted to introduce myself to you guys, and I know we'll be crossing paths, and I love you guys. I'm also go to um, church over here at this Calvary uh, Chapel here in San Jose with Mike McClure. I saw Tim Clements live at Cathedral of uh, Faith Ooh. Church here in San Jose back in the back in the early '90s. That's so, crazy. You know, I call myself a Cali Christian 2.0. Come as you are. I'm. I go to church in my shorts and, and flip flops and baseball cap because you know that's that's and that's what I say all the time. Cali Christian 2.0. Jesus doesn't care. No, no. <laughs> hey, it's so good to hear from you. And you, your credentials are outstanding, Susanna, Heidi, and and who did you say? And um. Susanna, you guys know this. Susanna, Heidi, and Michelle. The yeah, and Michelle. Yeah, so you, you come. You come extremely well recommended, and it's great to meet you. Let's be super intentional about connecting. Yeah, yeah. Sure. thank you guys so much. I didn't want to take up all your time, but the Eagles with you guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Eagle. Thank you so much for your call, buddy, and tell everybody what your website was again. You said veresaware.com? Yeah, veresaware.com. Okay. Awesome. Check it out. I'm going to check it out myself here while we're on the air. So thank you very much for for calling. Appreciate you. All right, you guys. God bless. God bless, brother. We'll see you. Uh, Lonely German over on Rumble said, old chicks are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. All right. Next caller, you are on the air. Can I get your name? Hey, brother. Hold on a second. Let me pause this. Sure. There we go. It's Colin. How you doing, brother? Colin, good to hear from you, buddy. I I, I knew you were going to be calling in because this is totally something you can help out with. I hope so. Um, yeah, but uh, greetings and blessings. And I've I've just been through two weeks of I don't know what the heck it was. It was like one demon after another kind of thing. But mm-hmm. knocked each one down as we went, you know. Uh, but each one of them was kind of like, oh, the first instinct I need to go to the hospital. No, you don't. You know, unless you want to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, uh, well, two things. I want to also update. We're trying out a different name. Instead of CCT, it's, it's going to be, um, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, dear. I just lost it. Um, oh, mandated competency testing. Mandated. So it's MCT. Mandated MCT. competency <clears throat> testing. Um, and, uh, I've also got for those people interested who want to know, because it's extremely important. This is a stuff they don't teach you in law school. They don't teach you in school. You might want to check it out. It's called what's what and why what's what and why it's on YouTube and also on rumble. The full one's on rumble. Um, what's what and why I've done 
four of them up to date. From what I understand, number two is the one that people like the most. It lays the foundation. What was the purpose of government? What was the cause for action to cause people to create it? Because everything, everyone talks about the Constitution, which is the contract that the United States is under. That's why you can go to contract law and you can get them on that. But what's most important is the trust, the irrevocable express trust, the perpetual irrevocable express trust known as the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. It's extremely important because we get rid of the Constitution form of government. How do I know that? That whenever any form of government becomes destructive, these heads, it's the right of the people to alter or abolish it. The people don't realize the amount of power they have. And that's what I keep trying to share with them is that you've been brainwashed to think that you're a servant, you're a slave, you're a taxpayer, when you can never be any of those things. Lawfully speaking, you can never, ever, ever be one of those things because those are creations of the state. Which brings me into what I wanted to share with this gentleman here as well and so many other people. People fail to understand that if it has a license, if it has a charter, if it has any kind of thing whatsoever, okay, it is subject to the state. It's that simple. So when people say, oh, well, it's a private company. If it's a company and it has a license, okay, then it's subject to the state. Let's go to Hale versus Hinkle, page 75, right? All corporations are creatures of the state and presumed to be for the benefit of the public. In other words, it is a presumption that we have the, what is it, the reasonable right to rely upon. And people fail to understand it, that they have a commitment. Again, why do you create a bicycle? To ride it, not to ride you. It's the people that are allowing this to happen. So I would also suggest look into PAG, which is Private Attorney General. And I'm also going to share a few other things rather quickly for the people, but okay. 18 U.S.C. subsection 4, misprism of felony, having knowledge of a crime, and then putting together a template that people can now send. Because technically speaking, if you are knowledgeable of a crime and everything everyone's talked about a thousand times, I ask you a question. Have you written to anybody, any judge or other officer of the United States or military, of these crimes that are cognizable court? What does that mean, cognizable court of the United States? It means... Were you, was any right violated? Well, if you go to 18 U.S. 241, which is clearly one you can go after them under, if two or more persons conspired, they've clearly conspired because it's happened. To injure, they've clearly injured you, oppress, threaten, or intimidate, okay? Any inhabitant in any state territory, come with us in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured by the Constitution, laws, and I say, shall be fined or prison up to 10 years or both. Now, I would also suggest to these gentlemen here, you can, I know you'll give them my information to that, mm -hmm. that might be, you might find somebody like myself who's been fighting without any bar membership or anything like that for several years, and I've won several cases. The kind of force <clears throat> and the tricks that they play on us, if you've been in court as an attorney, as a bar member, and kind of fighting within that sandbox, you have not experienced it. But when you get on the outside, which is where you're at now, they don't care if you're members of the bar or not, okay? But they will pull the nastiest, dirtiest tricks. And there's ways that there's strategic ways that you can box them in slowly. You can cause them to fall into your own traps, if you will. And uh, it's ex I think it's extremely important to, to know these things. I'm more than happy to share and help some of the strategies that have worked in the past, including the ones that, you know, sent two SWAT teams after me. So I guess I was over the target on that one. Um, you know, so, um, you know, the, these kinds of things that they do, the tricks, the nasty stuff, if you know they're coming, you know, if you know the playbook and you know how to, 
how to set it up for that. Um, I think that that's, you know, also very helpful. But I would say to people, please look in the PAG, private attorney general. You basically come in, you can sue as an attorney general um, because they have failed to do their duty. And also, I use 18 U.S.C. 4 because every single time I send any documents in that have any information, affidavits, information, or whatever it is, documentation, I put at the bottom the following statement. Your failure to rebut in specificity constitutes your admission that the proceeding is true and correct and that you knowingly and willingly continue to engage in activities that are in opposition to the United States and the protections of the required thereof under the Constitution. Okay, and I even put in there the terms, therefore, knowingly and willingly giving aid and comfort to the enemy. And what that does is when they fail to respond, it's the same thing that the, um, the debt collectors use. That's the most powerful one you can have. The same process. Well, you fail to object. And the same thing goes to, to using partial summary judgments. You won't get a full one because they see you coming. But if you do partial summary judgments, you do certain declaratory judgments, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, I just want to share some of that with people who really want to start doing stuff. I make myself available to anyone uh, who wants to ask or help. Uh, I've got you know, I've got a full plate, but I'm more than willing to help. And go check out what's what and why, and see if it if it uh, sits right with you. And I just want to bless these two gentlemen and say thank you, Father, for bringing them forward. Thank you for Zach for um, bringing him out to be what you have made him into. And we just thank you for this fight that we're winning. And I ask all this in Christ's name. So shall it be. Amen. Thank you, sir. Yeah, All right. Welcome. So, uh, Colin, your, your email again is continued competency training at protonmail.com or proton.me. 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 Okay. Um, I'll make sure that they have that written down before the end of the show. Do me a favor, though. Also go to declaretruth.us and fill out the contact form where uh, you, you can uh, uh, get involved. And uh, and then we'll have uh, multiple points of contact and make sure because I, I, I know you're going to have uh, all kinds of uh, e- excellent resources and tips on what you've been able to accomplish. Colin was involved with the case in the military where they were giving soldiers the supposedly giving them the uh, Comirnaty, the the official FDA approved vaccine, but it turns out it was the emergency use authorization version, and so like they were in violation of uh, of the law in that fashion. So, uh, yeah, Colin has done has had some uh, real success with this stuff. All right, brother, thank you so much for your call, man. I really appreciate you. All right, have a blessed day. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Same. God bless you. All right. Uh, let me see. Uh, 17 Second Truth Rodeo says uh, they know it just makes me angry that after all these people are dying from this jab, that these evil people are still mandating it for the children. It's sickening. It, yes, it certainly is. Uh, let's see. Next caller coming in. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get a name? Yeah, my name is Snake Pliston. <laughs> It's DJ calling, calling from the, the New York penal colony, uh, escaped from New York. How you doing? All right. How Welcome. are you? I'm good, buddy. How about you? Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, like the show. Good show. Thank Actually, you. Um, oh, always, man. Actually, if you remember, I told you a while back uh, about a friend of mine who was vaccine and in, in, um, injured. Yes. Uh he, do you remember that? I do, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He, they they coerced him into to getting the vaccine, mm-hmm. you know. Which is, and as a matter of fact, since I told you that, he was he was in my house. He came up to New York about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there, you know. He comes up to my house, and we're, we're sitting on the couch, and we're bullshitting. And he turns around. He says, "You're never gonna guess what happened to me last night." I was like, "What happened to you?" He's like, "I died." I'm like, "What?" Oh He's wow! Like, yeah, my heart stopped. He, he told me he was like, "Yeah, my heart stopped," and they had to revive me. But I, I think all of that that happened to him—he's had a lot happen to him in the last two years. It's all from the vaccine, all of it. I, I wouldn't doubt I, it. That's the way it plays out in my mind. Uh, this guy is one of the healthiest guys I've known in my life. He is—he's uh, ex special forces. He's run several world class marathons. He's a double, uh, a two time Purple Heart recipient. Mm. This and he's still like. This guy is like amazing, and then a lot has happened to him since the vaccine. I, he's one of the healthiest people I know, and ever since he's gotten his vaccine, he's been nothing but problems, man. Oh, that's so awful that to hear. <clears throat> you know what's uh, yeah, yeah. you know the the great irony of this, guys, is that the the healthiest people before they took the vaccine. I mean, they're the ones that it appears to be the most obvious. And I've seen so many pictures and videos of people who were just you know the the very peak of physical fitness, like the perfect specimen uh, of human wellness. And then they take the jab and it's like they just wither away and you can see that it's taken a toll on them. And, you know, and and think about how many athletes and people we've uh, heard of in the last couple of years just dropping dead, you know, children all all the way up to uh, middle aged adults. I mean, it's just it's shocking. Zach, I don't know if we talked about this, but, you know, I've been involved in a lawsuit on behalf of AFLDS against CDC, WHO, mm-hmm. the FDA, and AID, all these guys. And, and we were fighting the vaccine mandates. And in that lawsuit in the Northern District of Alabama, we had a whistleblower whose job for 20 years was to uh, create algorithms to seek out medical fraud in the government databases. Mm-hmm. They created an algorithm and began to examine VARES, and what they discovered and testified to in a written affidavit for us was that VAERS was suppressing that we were looking at people who died within three days of taking the jab. Just, and we know that the further out you get, the more likely there are to be greater numbers of deaths, but we were mm-hmm. looking for something really concise. So what we discovered was that at the time, I think there were like 8,500 or 8,900 reports within VAERS, but what our, whistleblower discovered was that VAERS was suppressing the data that they were receiving by a factor of five. They're were, they only reporting one out of every five. If there were five reports, they were giving one report. Okay. Wow. And we know that VAERS only receives between one and 3% of the actual injuries because mm-hmm. it's a big hassle to report to VAERS. Sure. So you said you look at um, you know eighty five hundred or eighty whatever whatever the number was. Let's just say nine thousand. That meant really forty five thousand had already been reported to VAERS, and that's only representing one percent. And that was this was a year ago. And these are the people that died within three days. And you you know multiply that by ninety nine percent. You're talking hundreds wow. upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people who died, and and those are. Just, just the ones who died. I've met people who have had, who have seizures all the time. Uh, one lady was taking care of two children and, and her father, who's a veteran, and uh, and she was their only caretaker. 
she was having, as soon as she got the jab, she started having seizures 40, 50 times a day. And she couldn't function at all. And she couldn't take, she was completely disabled. She had two very small children, beautiful lady. She's in our lawsuit. And the list just goes on and on. I met people then, and I met somebody who had been vaccine injured who had a, just a, a horrific time talking because they were stuttering and stammering and their, their mind was all there, but their physical body had been just wrecked by the vaccine. And it's just, it's so, it's, it's, it's horrifying. And these things are happening all over the place. And I think the thing that is really the most shocking for me is we know that there's injuries now. We know the vaccine doesn't work. It's not a vaccine at all. And that is clear from just announcements from the manufacturers of these drugs. And they knew it all along. And with all the information we have now about the fact that the shot doesn't work, it doesn't do anything at all to help stop the spread. They still end all of the vax injuries that are occurring, and they know about that. There's no way they can claim they don't know about that. Mm-hmm. They, in fact, there's an argument they intended it to happen that way mm-hmm. in some respects. They still in California trying to make this a, a required vaccine for kids going to school. The safest of all of the population from COVID. That's the type of evil that's on the other side. And that's, uh, that's what we're facing. It, it's just unbelievable. And that's why, like we are, we're in a corner and we, we're, they're punching. And the question is, how do we fight back? You know, do we fight back on our own and scattered? Or do we come together in God and unified? And I, I choose that one. And I think we can, we can make some progress, but it's, it is horrifying. It is horrifying the way that they it's just, uh, yeah. If you're okay. under the age of 18, your statistical chances of being killed by COVID are zero. Yeah, statistical chances. Now, it, there may there you may find a case of somebody who died and they claimed it was COVID, mm-hmm. but, and we can choose to believe them or not. But using the CDC's own numbers, uh, your statistical well, chances are zero, and they're giving them this vaccine, which is known to uh, it, it's 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 evil. Well, well, you know, if you're talking about them claiming COVID deaths. I mean, I remember in 2020, I believe it was in Missouri. I don't know. A guy was shot. He was shot four times, mm-hmm. and they and he died, and they he marked his death certificate COVID, not the bullet wounds, <laughs> not the four slugs that were in his body, COVID. No. You know they were just labeling. If you got hit by a car in 2020, they labeled yep. it COVID. Yep, yeah. that's right. I mean, there's a joke been circulating around. A guy jumped out of an airplane, forgot his parachute. You know what he died from? COVID. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and, and and that's yeah. yeah. It's so true. Yes, it's it's terrible. But, you know, I think this audience definitely knows what kind of evil we're up against. I mean, these people harm children. And thank God for Zach spreading these words of truth. No thought whatsoever. They're ready to harm a child. I mean, you're rare adults. They don't give a shit about us. If they don't give a shit about the kids, they definitely don't care about us. You know, no one, I mean, any murderers, Murderers hate fucking people who, excuse the language, who who harm kids. Mm-hmm. They hate them. Right. They, in jail, them. those people are not even safe amongst the worst dregs of society. And these people are in the highest echelon of society, and they don't give a shit about children. Mm-hmm. So hey, you just said, let you know what kind of evil we're up against. You just said, uh, pardon the language or something like that. I, I want to offer you one of my favorite quotes from G.K. Chesterton. He says, it's not that there are not enough evil people in the world to curse. It's that there are not enough good men to curse them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
Amen. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys cause I'm sure you got somebody else on the line. Waiting. Yeah. But I wanted to, I, I was trying to think of something that we could all do collectively, this audience and sitting here watching the show. I think there is something that we can all do collectively. And that is to go everybody that's watching the show, everybody that's in the chat, everyone, you three, um, we should all go to Twitter and every day until they put you back on the uh, back on Twitter, Zach, we should all text, bring back red pill 78 news. Do it. Every, Thank you. Every, <laughs> I would appreciate everyone, that. We should all do it and flex our muscle and let's see how, how much muscle we really have. Tag, tag Elon, so, tag Elon Musk. <laughs> tell him bring back Zach Payne. <laughs> at, 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 just at Elon Musk. And then everybody text. Bring Red Pill 78 news back. Cash back. That's a great Bring idea. Awesome. That's a great idea. That's a, Thank I you. Think that, would, that would get you back quick. <laughs> and if we can do that and we see a result with that, then we go to our other truth channels there and we, we just do the same thing every day until they bring everybody back. Oh, I appreciate Absolutely. that, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, oh, thank you, DJ. Want, well, Zach, I just yeah. want to say one thing. Two things. Tell George to tell George who was on last night to never tell that story about George and Barbara Bush again. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. And and that shirt you're wearing kind of reminds me of an Arizona iced tea can. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. All right. God bless you, brother. I love Thank you. I know you love us. God bless you all. God bless America. And we're going to get through this. We certainly will. All right. God bless your brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. We've got three callers, guys. I want to try to get through all of them before we close out the show. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, my name is Kelly RN. Hi, Kelly. Oh, Kelly RN. How are you? Good. So you'll never guess what my specialty is. It's Do dialysis. Tell. And oh. so I take care of all the people that do survive remdesivir. Mm. And I hear the stories every day. Oh, oh that's horrific. And uh, so it's kind of shocking. It's shocking to me. There's a lot of people that are harmed by remdesivir and they don't even know it. And I'll give you an example of that. I had this older lady that I was taking care of. She was a new patient on dialysis. And I was asking her, how did she lose her kidney function? She says, well, both my husband and I ended up with COVID and we went into the hospital and her husband passed away and she ended up surviving, but she ended up on dialysis. And so I asked her, I said, did they give you a medication called remdesivir? She said, oh, I don't know, honey. I don't know what they gave me. I was so sick. I just couldn't pay attention to anything. This is the thing that's so insidious about it is that people, you know, they, they don't have the information to have given the consent and they have no idea what it is that's really made them sick. You know, if they did survive, you know, this is it's kind of like the, the catch 22 week. How do we know how many people have gone through this and come out the other side and uh, are, uh, are are injured from this? I mean, the only way that we're going to be able to know that is if those people are aware of the possibility of the injuries of remdesivir. You know, I mean, I, I, I can just imagine there's probably a lot of people out there who have no idea that they even took the stuff. And uh, and now, you know, what's wrong with my body? Well, you know, it's COVID. It's long COVID. It's long COVID. It's yeah. horrible. Right. 
Well, that's why this show is helpful and people coming on like Kelly and, and letting people, you got to ask, you know, you got to take the effort to find out because they're not going to tell you. And it is, uh, it's, it's crazy that they're, that they're withholding that information that they don't see the need to do that. And one of the things that's been evident, and this is particularly for those people who are not vaccinated, you go to the hospital and they t- you tell them that. I will tell you a large percentage of our clients that were unvaccinated once they told them that the quality of care flipped completely around and they were treated as second class citizens, pushed off into rooms far away, cut off from the rest of the folks. They were treated like they had, you know, the plague. And then, and then, and then the hospital and the, and the caregivers attitude toward these folks was horrible. Wow. And so we're going in with that. So ask, be aware that there are people out there that have a serious uh, uh, problem with people who exercise their rights. Uh, and especially those people who are starting to realize, realize that they were bamboozled. People are a little bit upset that they didn't have the gumption to say no. And and we're seeing that in through the people that I'm working with. There's a certain rebound now in that regard. So ask questions when you're in with the doctor. Be an advocate. And if they start this one little quick note, if they start talking to you about remdesivir and, or your loved one with remdesivir, pull your phone out, put it right up in their face and tell them you're going to start recording everything. You're going to video their, their statement to you. Ask them everything they know about remdesivir. Ask them everything they know about alternative care. And tell them you want to see everything in writing that the hospital has regarding both of those things for the person that's being treated. Put them on camera. Don't just serendipitously record in your pocket. That's really illegal in many states. Pull out that camera, put it in their face and say, start talking, doc. Tell me everything I need to know. And you will either get a complete shutdown on that and then back off because they know they're going to be caught or you'll get all the stuff you need. And maybe you'll find somebody with a little character that will tell you some of the other things that you could, you could use. So I would say that's one of the best things we can do in terms of trying yeah. to capture these people in their, in their worst element. Thank you, Dan, for bringing that out. That's such an important strategy. Yeah. So, Kelly, uh, can uh, uh, perhaps you can tell your patients about the website, declaretruth.us, and, and perhaps uh, these gentlemen can help them uh, to, uh, oh, you know, at, at least make some sense sure out of what's, what's happened to them. Yeah, I, sh- I sure will. Okay. I had a guy about two months ago, too, and it was the first time that I took care of him, and he had asked me something, and I thought, oh, my gosh, okay. I took a deep breath and I just ran through the whole thing. I'm like, COVID is a bioweapon. They released it on us. How do I know it's patented? You can't patent nature. Yeah. And then I said the injection is a, a bioweapon that they're injecting into you. So if you took the COVID vaccine, that's a bioweapon. And then the third thing is that if you get COVID, you go into the hospital, they give you a medication called remdesivir. And remdesivir will kill you most of the time. If it doesn't kill you, you end up losing your kidney function. Yeah. And he just looked at me and goes, that's what happened to me. God, and I think, really, yeah, God I bless you. Hey, I just have to say, God bless you for what you're doing. Thank you for speaking truth and for helping people and spreading yeah. awareness. Thank you. We need more so people. It was like really you. funny, though, but the guy's reaction was pretty shocking because he said to me, "He goes, well, what news do you watch? How do you know this?" And I said, and he was like, literally, like wanting to find out. And I said, "Well, I don't turn on the TV. I said I watch news through Rumble, and I watch." things from telegram and he's he's looking at me like he's never heard of either one of these Mm -hmm. and um and then he's like i wish i would have met you a long time ago because you would have helped me and i was like except for you wouldn't have listened to me because i had a lot of patience when these shots were first coming out i told everybody that i could please Mm -hmm. do not get these shots it's an mrna technology we've never injected this into anybody 
I was laughed at, scoffed at, mocked, ridiculed, called a conspiracy theorist, told I'm crazy, everything. And now I'm you're like, a prophet. You guys have no idea. <sighs> no, they're dead. Oh, gosh. Oh, and man. it's terrifying because I'm like, you're between this rock and a hard place because you're like, I tried to tell you. Now I get the I told you so, but it doesn't make you feel good because you're dead and you're somebody that I took care of for years. Mm-hmm. We've lost we've lost sixty percent of my patients. Oh my gosh! And our and our and our seats are not empty because they got replaced with all the remdesivir patients. Mm-hmm. Wow! It's wow. unbelievable, and I'm sitting here in the middle of this, and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm even here in the middle of this. Well, at I least mean, just, you are, though. What it, what done. Yeah. You know, you, you have so the I opportunity to affect some change. And... Yeah. So and will, people, are starting to listen. people are starting to listen now, though. Good. Yeah. I had yeah, another patient who called me over, and he said to me, he's like, hey, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. And he's like, all my, all my friends are dying. He's like, do you know why? And I said, do they get the shot? And he's like, yeah, all of them got the vaccine. And I said, they're dying from that. And I said, it's a bioweapon. And he just looked at me. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, don't get any more. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I already got three of those shots. And I said, don't get any more. And do some cleansing. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And, and he's like, they're dying from these shots? I was like, yes. I think the thing I would just tell so you I, is, is to keep in mind and to, and to encourage you to continue to talk. Maybe a while ago, you know, your words fell on hardened soil or concrete you know around their heart or in their mind they just were they were blind to it but now you're right people are much more aware that there is something nefarious going on they're much more aware that this isn't just straight up uh you know good medicine and um i think they're more inclined to hear and to listen to someone who is speaking truth it settles in a little bit deeper than it used to and so i would definitely encourage you to keep talking and thank you so much for your courage because you are definitely on an island when it comes to people in the healthcare industry bold enough to tell the truth. Yeah. So thank you for that. It is awesome that you're doing that. And you have that courage. And I just pray God blesses you with more opportunities to share because that you are making a difference. You're definitely making a difference. So keep doing it. And let me add to that, Kelly, you should, you, there's a song by Chris Christopherson. I'm kind of a music guy and <laughs> it's called beat the devil. And uh, it's he, he beats it. He meets this guy in a bar, and the guy says, "You know, you, no one wants to hear what you have to say, basically." And in the end, he says, um, "There were." He basically says, "I'm going to keep on singing because I don't believe that no one wants to know." In a world turned deaf and blind, which it seems like we live in, it isn't true that no one wants to know. And what you're doing matters. Keep keep on doing it, even if it feels like, even if you don't see a result. You don't know the seeds you've planted right. and the effect that you can, the downstream effect that you can have. Absolutely. You may never see an effect, but somebody that you talk to may go save a life. Keep right. doing what you're doing and God bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for what you're doing and thank you for your call. I really appreciate you uh, uh, calling in tonight. Thank you, Zach. All right. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Two callers on the line. Thank you for hanging out with us, and thanks for doing a little bit of overtime, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Can we get a name? Um, Yes, my name is Running Patriot. Running Patriot, thank you so much for your call. What's on your mind? 
Um, I just want to call in and first of all say thank you to the to the guests. Um, they're very informative, and um, I appreciate the information that they're giving out. And I think it's super important that uh, everyone understands how deadly remdesivir is. Um, I have a story of one of my um, martial arts instructors. His father actually was in the hospital, and they killed him with remdesivir. So, you know, I think it's important we bring awareness to how deadly this stuff is. You know, we you know, we're talking numbers and trying to figure out um, how many people have been impacted by remdesivir and the protocol. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy how many people know somebody who's died from treatment in the hospital related to COVID and remdesivir. Mm-hmm. I, there, it's not too many degrees away from everybody that there's a story. And the more I hear about, it's my martial arts instructor, super healthy person, you know, here. And then, oh, by that way down the street, it's, Aunt, you know, Molly or whatever. The more and more stories I hear, the more connections there are. It's not too many degrees away from everybody that somebody knows somebody. And that is what's super scary about what's going on because it is, it is definitely impacting a lot of people. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I appreciate you sharing that because it gives me fuel and it, you know, it, there's there's just lots of reasons for us to keep fighting hard. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to add, thank you for calling in. I want to add to that. If, if there's anybody listening who has any doubts, go ahead and doubt. That's fine. But please, if you have a loved one going to the hospital, pay attention. Mm-hmm. If you hear COVID pneumonia, if they put someone in a room by themselves, you, then remember this. Remember this show. Mm-hmm. Investigate. And, and, What's that? Yeah. Investigate. Yeah. Absolutely. Investigate. When um when all of this first started, you know, all this whole lockdown and everything, my father was very sick with a terminal illness, nothing to do with any of this stuff. And um they wouldn't let little him. And I mean, both my mom and I swear that he came out of the hospital worse than he went in. And, you know, even though he was terminal, he came home on hospice and he lasted a week. So, I mean, we don't even know what they did to him. So even in that case with, you know, someone that terminal, we don't know what they gave him. We don't know what they did to him. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's so important that we band together and get these hospitals, these doctors, these big pharma companies, you know, we have to start our own patriot movement because we cannot let them continue to kill innocent people and keep loved ones apart when, you know, they're in the hospital sick. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. All right, Running yeah. Patriot, I, I really appreciate your call, and I'm sorry for uh, the loss of your father. I, uh, I I understand what that's like. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was difficult. I mean, but you know, he's no longer suffering. Um, just one one more thing, real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you guys go. Uh, caller, um, I just also want to let everyone know that um, you know, if you're going through a situation where your you know employer is trying to mandate you to, to take the shots or, you know, do anything that's against your will, your, your free will, your uh, constitutional rights, um, you know, definitely stand up and fight. Don't, don't back down. Um, you know, I, I was actually wrongfully terminated from an 11 year tenured teaching position. Um, mm. and I'm currently in a very major lawsuit against that district right now. So, you know, change is possible. And, um, I'm going to definitely be setting precedent for my state, and uh, so that other people don't have to go through the same situation. So, you know, the more of us that take, uh, you know, take take this chance and, and fight back, the more you know we can make change. So, That's just great. Man. End with that. 
Hey, if you would like to talk about that more, send me an email. I, I would like to hear about that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot I can't really discuss in detail yet because you know it's a pending court case. But I will send you um, the information and definitely tell you what I am able to tell you uh, Perfect. right now. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so All much. Right. I appreciate that. Thanks for the call, Running Patriot. Guys, have a great night. Thank you. You Bye-bye. too. We'll see you. All, right. All right. I think that this might be Sandy. It's at least Sandy's iPad. So, uh, Sandy, hello. Waiting for your audio to connect. And uh, let's see there. Sandy, is that Sandy? Yes, it's Sandy. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the program. First time caller, long time listener. Awesome. I love I, to hear it. So good to see I you. I just had to call. I want your guests to know that they are an answer to my prayers. When this whole COVID nastiness started, I started praying that the Lord would raise up attorneys Mm-hmm. to go after these people. And thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. You are so needed. And there are people that just die needlessly, and it's criminal. It is. Well, thank you very much for recognizing that and saying that. Um, you're going to get us both crying. We cry about six times a day now at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for for your, your comments and, and, and just saying that, you know, it's uh, like I said, there's just no other option for us really uh, the way we see it. So we're in and we appreciate people like you that support us and recognize that. Thank you. You're a gift. Wow. Thank you, Sandy. Right. Work in progress. Let's put it that way. No <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing something and that's more than a lot of people are doing. Exactly. And yeah. it's needed. Thank you so much. My husband in March 2021 20, had pneumonia. We were afraid to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We were afraid that he, they would kill him. So we waited too long and he got there and his oxygen levels were 70. I want to say that he was tested three times for COVID negative tested for antibodies negative. He was there for two weeks, intensive care, after five days, a new doctor showed up and suddenly my husband had COVID. Oh. In fact, your whole family has COVID. Oh, and, and this guy just, and that was the doctor that would have killed my husband if he was the first doctor on staff. And he wasn't by five days. My husband had had uh, all the negative tests and was improving to the point that they, they would not. So, Thank God. He was not allowed visitors. And I thought, they're going to kill him. This guy's going to kill my husband. And I fought. And then the next day, he changed his whole thing. And my husband got better. And praise God, he is alive. Amen. That's amazing. Sandy, thank God he's alive. I, yeah. I, I'm so moved by that. I, I, was, I was at an event with actually with Zach. And I got subjected to some kind of an attack. 42 people got sick. Several of them died. I was oh, in a yeah. place where my oxygen was in the 70s. And I, my fever was 105, and I would not go to the hospital. I drove to Dick's, and I bought Same thing, hiking yeah. oxygen. And I, was, I bought all these cans, and I was just laying there by myself, sucking down oxygen, trying to get it up. And by God's good grace, I survived it, but I almost didn't. And 
Thank God your husband survived. Thank you for calling in. This is yes. so wonderful. I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. And Zach, I'm sure you want to end your show. Just know I watch you every day. You're one of my favorites. Thank you Love so it. much. I really you appreciate awesome. it. awesome. Thank and you very much. Let us know when the wedding date is coming. Oh, we will. We're talking. We're we're planning it right now. We're in the process of planning it. I will definitely let everybody know. <laughs> okay. Well, God all right. bless you all. Thank you for be- standing up, all of you, because that's what we need. More people. And you are appreciated more than you know. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you God for bless your prayers. God bless you. God really bless. appreciate the call. Great way to end the show. Thank you and have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome way to end the show. Let me just go through the final thank yous over here on uh, the Foxhole. Moda Lisa, thank you for that can. Uh, Henry, 4570, thank you for the cookie. Matt, 1776. Matt, I'm going to be calling you tomorrow. He says, how, y'all, how are you all doing tonight? Uh, Phil B. Me Too, thank you for the cookie. Secrets says, uh, thank you for your time, Zach. Filter Dog one uh, starting a cookie fight. Rook Castle, thank you for that. Donna Bo Libby says, so glad to see this happening in my home state. Thank you to Filter Dog, uh, R4 Cents, Filter Dog again, Low Country Brooklyn, dropping the website, declaretruth.us. Uh, and then she also dropped the link to uh, Brian, the show I did with Brian Artis, A Force for Good. That was a great show back mm-hmm. in 2021. Uh, Nakaz808 <clears throat> says, thank you for working hard to have great guests and interviews. And thank you to Nakaz808 for helping me uh, get my uh, sound issues uh, sorted out. I-, I know it sounds good on your end, but on my end, sometimes I get a humming and we're going to be uh, uh, getting those uh, uh, issues taken care of. Is that a bad thing? Says doctors used to hate the government dictating medical practice to them. Yeah, it's interesting how everybody kind of just uh, bent over for that one. Uh, Cynthia says, amazing guest tonight. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Great show, RP. Uh, Rook Castle says, three sciences, science of theology, science of God, philosophy, the science of the mind, then lowly materialism. Uh, Henry, thank you for the cookie. Anne says, from my mom, she's lurking most likely. Thank you to Henry's mom. I appreciate you being here. Rook says, good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. Then that's what we're going through right now. So hopefully we're going to come out the other side a lot stronger. NX17 says, Zach, you are sent by God. Much respect and love. Thank you very, very much for saying that. Appreciate it. Liberty Bells says, love your red pill. Great show. Sean Joe says, good job tonight, guys. Curious Patriot dropping three cookies. Val Hall says, thank you so much, Warriors, for medical integrity. What a fantastic show. Vader369, thank you for the can and another can, and then says, much love, RP, great work, and greatly appreciated. And then real quick, before we end the show, on uh, Cash App from last night, I missed it, uh, but Kelly said, please have Dave Jose on your show. Kelly, you will be pleased to know that I'm in the process of getting uh, 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 both Dave Jose and Josh Barnett scheduled on the program, and they will be here probably in the next week or two. Uh, and then Luann V on Buy Me a Coffee said, great to see George on your show. Excellent knowledge bombs. And Renee also said, loyal listener since 2017, I am deplorable granny. Uh, you are fabulous. Listen to Johnny Enlow and Robin D. Bullock. They're on Elijah Stream's channel on Rumble. I will definitely check them out. Gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your efforts. You are also sent by God and, uh, you know, uniquely purposed for this time in history. Uh, is there anything final that you want the audience to take away from our conversation tonight? Well, just remind everybody, if you have any opportunity and any ability, if you could go to declaretruth.us 
and uh, donate to the families that we're representing. It will also go to the greater cause of the lawsuits we're filing in Texas and across the country. Uh, but um, on top of that, more importantly, uh, prayer. Michael will talk a little more about that, but please pray. And then lastly, I just want to encourage folks, you know, it's hard to say yes because we don't know what it means, but this is the time for that. This is the time to step up and say yes to God and trust that he'll put you where he needs you. And that'll be the best place you could ever be, particularly in times like this when we're facing the tyranny that is over us. Absolutely. And Michael. Oh, man, Zach, it's so we're so blessed to be here with you. It's I love talking to you. I'm so thankful for you sharing your audience with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would ask the audience, yes, our clients need money. They do. But but God is in control. And I would say that the first thing we need, the very first thing we always ask for is just if you're a praying person, mm-hmm. lift up our clients, lift up this cause. This is, you know, our our. The, our founding fathers gave their lives. They they offered their what, what their sacred honor, their fortunes, and their lives. They laid those on the line over taxation and things. I mean, what we're facing today is so much greater and deeper than the what they were facing then. Mm-hmm. I have a good friend who says it's time to stop quoting the founding fathers, which I love to do, but it's time to become the founding fathers and mothers for our grandchildren, and and. We have to join the army. And if all you can do is pray, pray. If you can give a few dollars, give. But, and it's not, again, it's not coming to Dan and I. It's coming to the expenses that our clients, you can't imagine what courage and bravery it takes to stand up and relive the grief mm-hmm. of a lost loved one over and over. And so many people just don't have what it takes. And there's no shame on that. It's so horrific. They just want to walk away from it. And I understand that they need to heal. But we represent people who have the courage to say, you know what, I want that death to mean something, and I'm going to step into it repeatedly. That's so difficult. And they don't have the money. And we don't have the money. So that's important. But but your prayer is more important. And Zach, thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Zach. It's amazing. Gentlemen, it was it was my pleasure to have you here. You are always welcome back, and I want to keep the audience updated on your efforts and what's happening. Uh, also, over on Rumble, I missed this earlier. I think uh, uh, it was when uh, you had mentioned, uh, Dan, what to do if your doctor or healthcare provider starts mentioning remdesivir. Johnny says, run, death is near. Uh, and yeah. uh, definitely, that is certainly the case. Uh, but if you, can, if you can get these guys on video, if you can hold them accountable, I think that uh, that'll go a long way towards helping helping other people mm-hmm. and to helping expose uh, the evil that's uh, going on behind the scenes. All right. Uh, just once again, once again, really appreciate you guys coming here and hanging out with us tonight, going into the overdrive with the calls means a lot. I really appreciate the quality calls tonight. You guys, it means a lot. Thank you yeah. so much for all of your kind words. And thank you gentlemen for your efforts. Once more, uh, I have passed out the gold pills over there on the foxhole. Tomorrow is Sunday. So I will be taking the day off and uh, hopefully you guys have a, uh, an excellent day with your family and, and, and your loved ones. Uh, you guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to end the show, but uh, uh, I'm going to talk to you on the other side of this. Uh, until Monday, when I come back, good luck and God bless. We'll see you guys then.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.